Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Alright, ladies and germs, we watched Beer Fest. Which, uh, this is by, uh, what is it called, Broken Lizard or something? The same guys who made uh, Super Troopers? Yeah, and yet somehow that's the movie that gets attention and not this one. You figure it out. You know what? I think there are more weed jokes in that movie. I think that's the reason it gets more attention, but uh, that's just an idle guess. I, they I got a Willie Nelson cameo for the credit. You know, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Well, yeah, that's for the credits. People were, like, walking out. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, this, this movie actually is pretty good. I like this a lot more than Super Troopers. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Super Troopers does not do a lot for me, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, there, so. there are few and far... I'm not here to shit on Super Troopers, but I basically agree. It's like, yeah, Super Troopers doesn't really do that much. Yeah, that's a movie for, for like, retards positive. Like, keeping that. Anyway. Yeah, yeah uh, abso- before- no, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, if I say <laughs> things, please keep them. Right, yeah. Before we get to that, uh, Parker, do we have any news? Hey, you know how you like to go on the record about how you enjoy Deadpool and Alex always makes fun of you? How <laughs> excited... <laughs> <clears throat> Are you for Deadpool 3 with the return of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Aren't you happy that things just don't ever get to end, no matter what? Uh, this doesn't work on me, young man, okay? I I'm, I am happy for that. I like Deadpool. I like Deadpool 2. Deadpool 3 with Hugh Jackman, who's good as Wolverine, what could possibly go wrong? If the, they're gonna make him sing like and dance, me. but with slurs. Let him do it. It's gonna be great. I don't fucking care. This is this is totally fine by me. Because I remember all the other fucking people were just like, "Oh, Hugh Jackman finally hanging up the cleats as Wolverine." Wow, sail on, you crazy diamond. And like, oh, f- so he's back. I don't care. Yeah, you know what? Go ahead and make more of those. I'm a normal. All right, it's it's fine for me. Which Wolverine performance would you say is your favorite? And which ones, you know, have you not gotten to yet? Uh, times four multiplier. <laughs> I mean, I can put Wolverine movie on the wheel if you want. You, no, no, <laughs> there's no, so no, many. No, no. <laughs> yeah, but like, who's seen all of them? Oh. Not even. I mean, um, come, come I, exactly. Close. Wait, I think. Wait, which one am I missing? I guess the the one with the other one with Ryan Reynolds in it. <laughs> Jinkies. Sure would hate if that happened. Yeah. Well, How did Carson Wentz do this week? Right, well we're gonna need to ten, take a ten minute break. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just uh, please respect the ten minutes of dead air. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to go through because Parker said the bird word. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Parker's gonna get some mad. He's gonna leave the podcast. What other news do we have? Uh, I don't fuck know. Him. <laughs> he fucking sucks. That's for no one but us. But fuck that right, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I'm sure there's more news, but who could care? I okay. spent all week working and then helping set up a fucking birthday party, slash Halloween party, slash I just got over my hangover yesterday. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling, dude. So I, I went out with, uh, I went to my brother's house, because he's going off to Kuwait, and I was, you know, see him off, he's got some of his co-workers there, some of his friends, 
I killed off an entire bottle of Spanish wine, several beers, and I was, uh, I was alright by the next morning, so, able to make that drive home, but, uh, it was rather unpleasant because turns out Ian was making the road slick. Anyway, uh, that was an interesting, I don't know why I brought it up. Let's get to our jerks of the week. Oh fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Would anyone in the class like to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Go for it. My jerk of the week is the elves. You know, as humanity, we worked so hard to secure our alliance with the fantasy races. Oh. Um, you know, it's it's very important, you know, we keep the the earth in a good place. We finally got to the level that we were comfortable having an elf in government, and those motherfuckers sent us our first mentally retarded attorney general. <laughs> I cannot believe it. <laughs> when you said the elves, I was just like, oh, did I take the elves in uh, the Game of Games? <laughs> <laughs> there should be a team called the elves. Yeah, they're the ones who take on the manacore. <laughs> Man, speaking of small teams, did you guys happen to catch a Reflex post about how great it would have been if Washington State is the football team and their mascot was just a football team of little people that ran plays on the sideline? <laughs> I've been thinking about it all weekend. <laughs> just a hard little, little people like but miming people what's going on in the field. <laughs> Maybe they could beat up the Notre Dame leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Um, Look. Okay, I, I, I guess I'll go. Uh, <clears throat> Fine. All right. So my jerk of the week is uh, the people over at Warner Brothers who decided to make Velma gay. Hear me out. Okay, so speaking of out, uh, Velma being gay is not really technically a surprise so it turns out the guy behind um one of the writers for uh scooby-doo mystery incorporated which parker i believe you're watching at some point uh said yeah she was actually gay in that series we didn't make it super clear but it's also like tv for kids we couldn't just have her like you know fuck a woman you what know? So isn't like, the whole thing she's trying to desperately fuck shaggy and he just eats sandwiches it's it it, it sort of progresses to a certain point it's not going to be super obvious but you you would have like an inkling and be like mm, maybe you know and he was like explicit it's like not by gay and i'm like oh all right but, damn shaggy turned her gay it's fucked up yeah well <laughs> at least it, we know one of those white women is no, a fucking he, scooby yeah but here's what's <laughs> fucked up is the is the people who decided to make Velma gay? And I see all these reactions on Twitter be like, "Oh, isn't this a great and wonderful thing?" If I was gay, I would start like the gay weather underground over this. You gave me the ugly one, really? You gave me the McQuiston sister over this? Fuck that! The the, the, the straights get Daphne. We're stuck with fucking Velma. Don't talk to me about, oh, Linda Cardellini. Those were the bad movies, okay? I don't care how fucking beautiful she is in those movies, all right? Fucking giving me the ugly one, that's terrible. So, uh, it could be worse. They could have made Scrappy do gay. <laughs> he already is. Look, if I, like I said, if, oh, if, I, was, if I was gay, <laughs> the boys. If, if I was gay, which I'm not, I would start gay Antifa, which I, I guess is just Antifa. So... Can you how many times the McQuiston brothers have come up on this show? <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. That should, that should be like a look in case people don't get that reference. <laughs> uh, Parker, go ahead and jerk of the week. So we, uh, you know, we try and spread awareness of our show through any means possible merchandise. So we make a White Lives Matter shirt and everyone fucking hates us, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we've never made anything as good as my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, but we've done episodes that are at least as good as Hell of a Life. Like, come on, that song's ass. Like, why are we the bad guys here? 
<laughs> fucking two and a half minutes of auto-tuned mourning. Go fuck yourself, Kanye. Our episode on the faculty is way better than Ye is King. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, it's fair. Fair is fair. Dan, if you're listening, stay between the lines, okay? <laughs> is that the only person you could think of that likes the more recent Kanye albums? Because also yes. the same. Yes, that's, you know. Anyway. A, a new <clears throat> segment has just come over the wire. This is the Exceptional Individual Report. Fuck the sponsors, say <laughs> Well, I went to the Alamo again. Oh, boy. You'll, <laughs> you'll never guess what I... Actually, I think I told you guys what I was going to go see. They were showing a Ronnie James Dio documentary. and uh, Checks out. Yeah, so usually when you see a Wow, docu- there was one there? I can't believe that. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like, usually at a documentary, there's like no one there. Uh, because it's it's a documentary. You don't want to learn at the Alamo. You want to eat popcorn and drink beer. So, uh, boy, the song goes long. Gonna, How uh, long is this loop? Jesus Christ. Uh, I think it happened for, for like six hours. Too bad I can't turn it off. Anyway, so I go in there and I'm just like, wow, this place is packed full of metal fans. So already this fulfills the exceptional individual report. Correct. But in particular, two individuals come to mind. There is a woman in front of me. By the way, I'm the youngest person here by 30 years. And I wonder why. Well, you, I'm sure you can guess. She was wearing an Opeth shirt. Uh, Parker. Wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on. Let me guess the second retard. Go is it, it one of the Jay and Silent Bob guys, but only one of them? No, they didn't show up, unfortunately. They <laughs> were pussies. Anyway, <laughs> this guy <laughs> sitting two seats away from me, right? Two seats down from here. You know how uh, for the Alamo, before they play their thing, they'll be like, attention, this is now a quiet zone, no talking, texting, arriving late. You know, stuff like that. Anyway, this is a... You'll be, you'll be ejected for the you know theater, whatever. Uh, please enjoy the show. And as soon as he says that, the guy says in the most barely audible voice, "That's right, bitches." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that, that stuck with me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about the Ronnie James Dio documentary. It's actually really good. It was very well done, and it's not just because I think he's a great singer. I think he's one of the greatest singers who ever lived, but. This was interesting. It's not just like uh, an extended version of like a behind the music sort of shit. There's some really interesting stories. He lived a fascinating life. I don't want to give too much away about what he did, but one story stuck with me. And again, this is another one where for Parker, just mentioning certain bands will make him laugh like Opeth or Crocus. Here's one for you. So there was a back in like the 1980s a bunch of pop stars got together to send money to africa by recording a song called we are the world metal bands were not invited uh for reasons you can probably guess and ronnie james Dio was like i guess jealous he wanted that shine so he's just like hey i care about them over there we're going to do one and uh, it's only going to be metal people invited to our clubhouse and we're going to call it here in aid and, oh my uh, god. No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, it was actually... It actually sounds like something I would be into because there's two six-minute guitar solos, so... Jesus, evil. god. I, I don't know if that's actually true, but the, the way they described it, it sounded like that. Uh, I did think it was kind of funny when they had one of the guys from Spinal Tap come in there, and he said he really liked that Ingve Momstein wrote Ingve J. Momstein on his album, so you don't get him confused with like the other Ingve Momsteins. <laughs> uh, here's what... So... Ryan James Dio was actually producing it, so he's in the like the studio when they're like singing their their parts, right? 
they have one of the guys from a band that I'm not going to mention yet, but I'm going to mention in the next like 15 seconds. And he sings a part of the song, right? And he does a bad job. You can tell this. This he, he just kind of screwed up the vocals. And uh, Ronnie's like, "Stop, shit." You know, I have to wonder: Does Dawkin really rhyme with rockin? <laughs> Sounds like a joke in beer fest. It does. <laughs> so Parker, is Dawkin good or Um They had that one song from Elm Street Three. That's the only Dawkin song I can name you. Oh, shit, you're right. That song yeah. actually owns. All yeah, right, Dream Warriors is in fact rockin'. Yeah, actually that is a good song. Checkmate third world yeah. country. Yeah. Somehow I feel like I'm the better one on this podcast to ask about Dawkin because my dad played drums in a metal band. Oh hey, well. All right, Derek. call your dad. Yeah, why? Why do you think he owns the fucking Kiss meets the Fan with a Park movie on VHS? God, that owns. man, I don't, I don't want to talk to your dad. I want to ask your dad so many questions about hair metal. My dad owns. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you would love my dad, Chris. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, I I actually did have a really good time with that documentary, so I would highly recommend it to Parker specifically, and not to Alex. That'll happen, but not in oh, theaters, because yeah. no, yeah, that's yeah, I, I yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, let's just get right into it. I watched uh, Twilight Zone the movie. Uh, this was released in 1983, which is kind I didn't of this existed. Oh, Wait, buddy! Oh, I had I. This is you're breaking news. This is this really? is where how do I land this? Jonathan Landis yeah. took those souls. AKA the one guy who called. Uh, he was talking to Max Landis. He called his dad a helicopter parent. <laughs> So, here's the thing. Uh, the Twilight Zone, obviously, was a science fiction show from uh, late 50s, early 60s, black and white, and uh, it's really good. If you haven't seen it, that, that show actually kicks ass. And it wasn't super popular when it came out, but people recognized it, and they really liked it, and they had a noticeable theme song, which we'll get into that. Uh, anyway, I guess the, the whoever owned the rights are just like, well, we haven't got any brilliant ideas, let's just make this into a movie somehow. But there was a good idea behind it. They decided that they would get some really famous directors to direct four segments. Uh, they had, obviously, John Landis was the well-known one. They had Steven Spielberg, who was somewhat well-known. Uh, just a year prior, he had uh, done E.T. Uh, they had Joe Dante, who had not done Gremlins yet. So I guess they're going off the strength of Piranha. And they had George Miller, who had just done uh, the first two Mad Max movies. Now... As for the controversy with John Landis, I, I too often I don't talk about things that everyone already knows. I, I just want to make something clear here. Uh, yeah, obviously John Landis is at fault for the helicopter crash that killed two. Uh, Alex, do you know the story? I don't know. Okay, in that case, so, if I'll, I'll so just cor- correct ass- correct assumption in uh, putting this in the everyone knows this segment, but uh, yeah, I'll tell you continue. what, I'm I'm gonna do this. Uh, in, in that case, maybe I should talk about the segment that he directs, which I think is a great segment. It's got Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow. For a while. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I know. I, well, I, look, I like the segment. I think it's very well done. It just kind of ends for reasons. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it'd be a dead oh, Anyway, I'll go on with this. Vic Morrow plays a racist. And I mean, one of the... Back when God knew how to make racists, you know, like, says it with his whole chest and everything. He doesn't get a job because they give it to a Jewish co-worker. He goes out drinking with his friends and he starts blaming the Jews and the blacks and uh, the Asians, except 
he says it. And there's like a table of black people over there who are way too polite asking him to please knock it off with the N-word. And uh, he doesn't knock it off and he drunkenly stumbles out of the bar into Nazi-occupied France. And uh, he is accosted by the Nazis and he must escape them. And he's, he climbs up to the top of a building and, and the French turn him over like, we don't even know this guy. And they don't want to be killed by the other Nazis. And the Nazis are... You know, they're, they're firing shots at him, and uh, a shot lands too close to his head, and he falls off this building into an American wheat field, surrounded by the Ku Klux Klan, who try to burn him at the stake. See where I'm going with this? Uh, he escapes them, jumps to a river, and emerges from the river in Vietnam. He's being hunted by American GIs. And after he escapes them, he goes right back to Nazi-occupied France and ends up on a, a train... Uh, filled with uh, Jews going off to the Holocaust. And uh, this is one of those moral lesson things that Creepshow did as well, and every once in a while you get these a lot. And uh, personally, I love this segment. I think this is very well done. This is where the controversy comes in. The studio, who I do not blame for this, uh, the studio had a very foolish decision. They decided, well, we need some redeeming value for Vic Morrow's racist character. How about when he's in Vietnam, he tries to save two um, two Vietnamese children from the American GIs, which, uh, stupid idea. Anyway, so John Landis, or someone's idea, was to have him uh, take these two children in a helicopter that gets shot down, and uh, then when it gets shot down, he he's in the Ku Klux Klan land, or Nazi Germany, or whatever, Nazi France. Uh so he gets two Vietnamese children and violated California labor laws in order to have them work. This is one of the major points of this. They violated labor laws, and one of the associate producers on the movie did the same thing. Uh, and also told the kids, like, hey, if anyone asks if you're allowed to work, say yes. Lie to people and say that it's okay for you to do this. Uh, his idea was to have the helicopter get shot at with mortar fire and uh, they would be avoiding it and stuff like that. Now, Vic Morrow didn't want to do this anyway, but they told him, hey, shut up and go up there with the two kids, you know, not even dummies or anything. We have to get this shot. Too many times, I think we praise directors for saying, oh, we got to get that shot, we got to get that shot. Oh, what a brave decision to get that shot. Not in this case. Uh, one of the firemen involved, who I also, I would say, is a third party who ought to be blamed here, uh, whose name I don't think was ever actually committed to record, knew that this would be problematic. He knew that the explosions were too close to the helicopter. And he told his superiors, his superiors said, hey, tell it to John Landis. He's the director, he's in charge, which is not how the chain of command works, I understand. And the firefighter said nothing. If you say nothing, I think that's, uh, I think you should be held somewhat culpable. Anyway, Vic Morrow and one of the children got decapitated by the rotor blades of the helicopter. And they all three were crushed and were killed on impact. And uh, it, is, it is one of the biggest tragedies in movie history. It's really sad. Uh, and everyone got off. No one actually got in any sort of trouble for this. John Landis's career recovered beautifully. He, uh, he directed some major motion pictures. He was well-loved. But uh, George Miller and Steven Spielberg, they don't talk to him anymore for good reason. And uh, also, is John Landis even still alive? Maybe I should have been more sensitive about so. that. Yeah, <clears throat> who cares? Uh, his fucking kid yeah. is. He won't go yeah. away. And uh, to John Landis's credit, he does. Uh, he is haunted by this. Uh, good. 
I think he ought to be haunted by this, but he still admits no blame. He still blames his special effects crew, despite the fact that he was the one saying, despite all the special effects crew tell him, call off the shot, call off the shot, he was saying, no, go lower in the helicopter. So uh, I, I, I'm not going to be defending John Lavis on this one. But go ahead, Alex. Chris, I actually don't mean this as a joke, even if it comes off with one, but uh, have you ever considered giving ghost tours? Because that was like the perfect cadence for that. Ghost tours? Like ghost tours. Like We're pivoting. You know, like We're going to Louisiana. Oh. <laughs> I like, like no, like like no bullshit. That was like delivered exactly the way that I would expect a ghost tour guy to deliver something. Like in a good way. Oh. Uh It's I, a compliment. It's a weird compliment, but it's a compliment. Now that being said, that is only the second worst thing that John Landis did on this movie. The worst thing that he did was film that opening segment with Dan Aykroyd. It's what the so fuck was that? Fucking that bad, is dude. So, here's the thing, Alex. I actually think that The Twilight Zone is a great movie. I actually think that this is worth watching. I don't blame the movie for these kids getting killed. I blame John Landis. And I know the movie doesn't have a soul or anything, but The Twilight Zone has a soul. And I think that this movie's worth a thing. I think this movie's worth watching. But, this is a big, sweaty, hairy butt. That opening segment with fucking Dan Aykroyd and some other guy whose name is lost to history is so bad that if you were to put it on you would say what the fuck were chris and parker talking about this fucking sucks ass it's one of the worst things i've ever seen i i actually find it insulting i'm gonna tell you what happens dan Aykroyd and some other asshole are driving a car at night listening to creedence clearwater revival so already i'm having a good time and the the tape dies so suddenly i'm not having a good time and then they start doing tv theme songs to each other one of them does the twilight zone theme and you're looking at your watch like, has it been 40 minutes? What's going on here? And then uh, Dan Acker says, oh, you want to see something really scary? Pull over to the side of the road. Check this out. Look what I can do. And the guy pulls over, and he's, and he's like, oh, check this out. He turns around. When he comes back, he's got a big stupid rubber mask on. It goes, ooga booga boo. And then it goes, like, the Twilight Zone. What the it fuck is that? That's not what the Twilight Zone is. Also, insulting. I can only tell you that I know that the other guy is Albert Brooks because I just watched Drive last month, and I was looking him up. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's the only reason I know. There you go. So anyway, uh, John Landis' uh, first segment, the, the Nazi one, that's first. And I, look, I love that segment. The next one is the controversial one. It's the Steven Spielberg segment. Parker famously God, strongly this dislikes one. this one. <laughs> fucking hate this. I, I, I mean, I'm just not do. a huge Spielberg fan in general, so this just hits on everything I don't like about the Spielberg stuff I don't like. Yeah. Just the most saccharine shit I've ever seen. So that's the thing, is every single segment, you can tell who directed this. If I didn't tell you those four directors, you would look at this and you'd be like, oh, that's Landis. That's got to be Spielberg. That looks like Joe Dante, and there's no one but George Miller who did that. It's so obvious. I kind of like that. I kind of like, because we've mentioned on this podcast before that, like, an author uh, director is someone where you can see, like, a single frame of their movie and you can tell who directed it. Fucking uh, Wes Anderson, uh, Park Chan Wook, uh, uh, John Carpenter, like the, those sorts of things. And this movie is really emblematic of that. And this is uh, perhaps the most uh, Steven Spielberg thing I've ever seen. You said saccharin. Good word. Here's another one. Schmaltzy. This is the schmaltziest oh, yeah. thing I've ever seen. I, I defend it, though, because you know the reason I put this on? Very embarrassing uh, reason. This is the next one on the list. This is Hell marketed yeah, as a that, horror movie. That's all. Awesome. If you gave us one guess, we would have got that. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. Why else would you watch the Twilight Zone movie? I, I will give you another reason in a little bit. Uh, this segment 
is a good way to remind people that the Twilight Zone was more than horror. It was a lot more than horror. There's a lot of science fiction, there's a lot of fantasy, and there were every once in a while an uplifting, positive episode. And that's what this is. The basic idea is Scatman Crothers lives in an old folks' home with a bunch of other old people, and they reminisce about what it was like when they were young. And he has a coffee can that can make them young again. It talks about the value of nostalgia. There is a reason that we remember the past, that we all have this this time machine in our hippocampus that reminds us of what it was like to be young and, and the value of that. And I like that. Uh, does it is it quite as powerful as the first one? No, I guess not. Is it as good as the fourth one, which we are going to get to? Uh, oh, yeah. No, I guess not. But I like it more than the next one, which is Joe Dante's segment. Which uh, look, I like Joe Dante, and it's very cartoony. Which is that's how you know that he did it. But it just wasn't as strong as the other ones. And the whole thing it reminded me of. Remember that Johnny Bravo episode, uh, the zone where normal things don't happen very often. With yes. uh, the, the kid who who sends him out to the cornfield, <laughs> that's the segment. That's basically it. That's, uh, that's what they're doing. Uh, speaking of that episode, remember when he was on the plane and he saw a clown on one of the wings? It turns out they needed two clowns on each wing in order to keep the plane balanced. Uh, <laughs> now I do. That's the next segment. Uh, that's the uh, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet, which is a very famous episode of the original series. They remade it instead of I think it was a Will Shatner was in the, uh, yeah. the original series. Shatner, yeah. yeah. In this one, they have um, uh, John Lithgow as the uh, as the as the uh, passenger. Real good in it. John Lithgow is so fucking good in this, but really. This is where George Miller is strutting his stuff. George Miller easily has the best segment, and you can tell at this point he's a better director than all the other three. Uh, the effects are incredible, and he's using such a tight space, and he's still able to get low and close with the camera. Like, the eyes on John Lithgow, they will stick with you. This is easily the best segment, and it's entirely, like, this is what I would sell the movie on. And then it ends with another closing segment with Dan Aykroyd and the play... Uh, CCR song. So. Uh, I'll back up real quick and say another thing I hate about the Spielberg thing is that he was going to do Monsters Do on Maple Street, which is an episode I love. Mm-hmm. But uh, that involved a lot of filming with children at night. And then that quickly got squashed after yeah. another segment did that. And, See, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, that, that brings something up is uh, Spielberg and Miller essentially left the project as soon as that happened. So the fact that Miller's segment looks as good as it does is a testament to how quickly he was able to film what he did. Uh, so, if you're a studio executive listening to this, and I know you are, put Miller on projects. He'll bring it uh, under budget and on time. Unless it's Fury Red. So, yeah, look, I uh, I love that segment. I really it's do so love that segment. It. I, this we watched movie, it. Good. I have a, this, fucking, this, I have a tangent. Yeah. I, oh, good, I want to hear your tangent. This movie does not escape without a recommendation. Very strongly for everyone. Uh, we watched this in English class in eighth grade because we did like a whole thing on like literary horror and stuff. Jeez. And obviously, like, I mean, it's the Twilight Zone. Like, nothing too graphic's gonna happen. You can show. You don't need permission slips. Yeah. So, like, for the entire day, you could just tell when they were on this segment of the movie because it'd be right with the part where he opens up the window and you would just hear the entire classroom scream from next door. <laughs> it was an incredibly good bit. Yeah. I I love that teacher so much. God, that's so... It really... It, it's kind of unfortunate. It, it almost makes you feel like maybe that should have just been like a remade episode, which Absolutely. brings me neatly to my next point and the other reason why I wanted to watch this. 
uh, there have been multiple revivals of the Twilight Zone. There was one, uh, the, the Jordan Peele thing that they advertised during the Super Bowl. Oh, That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and there was, I, I forgot about that well. Yep, everyone did. I bet Jordan Peele did, too. Uh, I hope he did. And there was one in 2002, which I didn't look into. But the one I wanted to watch was the 1985 revival. Uh, Harlan Ellison was a creative consultant on it. Uh, I don't know how they lured him back to TV, which he did not want to work on. But, guys, this might be better than the original. Let me sell this to you. Uh, one of the first episodes has a segment uh, called Shatter Day, which is actually based on one of Harlan Ellison's... Josh. Hey? Uh, <laughs> it's actually based on one of Harlan Ellison's short stories, one of my favorite ones. This is directed by Wes Craven. All right? And I liked it, which is already, like, surprising. It stars Bruce Willis as Peter J. Novins and Bruce Willis as Peter J. Novins. That's not redundant. It's, uh, it just leads into the deceptively simple setup. A man accidentally calls himself on the phone. From there it goes. And I was watching it and I was astonished. This was so good. It was just as good as the short story. And it's another one with a positive message, which is so rare for Ellison. And uh, it's a good reminder that there, it's not all just like, oh, what if a demon haunts you? Or, some, or what if Dan Aykroyd puts on a stupid rubber mask? It was... Uh, it says a lot, and the writing is spectacular, but it's never better than the episode Paladin of the Lost Hour, which I think won a, a Writer's Guild of America award. I, without giving too much away, how do I put this simply? I think Paladin of the Lost Hour is the best thing I've seen on television. I, uh, I think this is the best episode. And a lot of people are like, what's the best episode of any TV show you've ever seen? And I always have like trouble answering that because I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm going to put this I one know, I, know, I know what mine is. What is yours? I want to hear it. Pusher from the X-Files. Okay. Uh, Parker, you got one? Don't say Catboy Super Bowl. You haven't seen it. Then no. <clears throat> no, honestly, I, I don't think I, I have one. I should find a way to assign... I should find a way to assign that one episode to Chris, because I think he would appreciate it. I would, it's directed... Yeah. So it, it's directed by Vince Gilligan, who's the Breaking Bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's it's very much like a self-contained Monster of the Week thing. Although they do, like, the episode was, like, such a hit, they brought the character back later. Yeah. But, uh, it's worth your time. If you have a streaming service that that episode is on, like, I've pulled up just that episode and watched it, like, seven or eight different times the past five years. My family was a big X-Files family, so there is an off chance I may have seen it, I just don't remember. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like. The, well, I then, then you, you, you have more than enough frame of reference for who like Mulder and Scully are in order yeah. to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I it's don't. not like I'm telling you to watch X Cops. <laughs> yeah, which well, uh, I, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> great episode for a different reason. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, anyway, Paladin of the Last Hour uh, brought me to tears. I think it's uh, astonishing, and uh, the only thing that's weird about it is uh, it was like, wow, this is incredible. It says directed by Alan Smith. They have like. Who would be ashamed of this? It turns out, like, the guy was kind of doing one of his, like, prima donna moments. He didn't like the way that it was edited. It's it's fucking perfect the way it is. So, fucking don't even argue with me. Check out the 1985 revival of The Twilight Zone, which I'm not done yet. I want to get to some stuff there. But, uh, I fucking loved it. Hey, Parker, you know what I didn't love? What's that, buddy? Cujo. <clears throat> yeah, that movie fucking <laughs> sucks a dog's ass, doesn't it? Yeah, this dog's ass... <laughs> Dude, you know how I wanted to describe the story of the world's friendliest dog? Jeez, that dog. Fucking, 
you cannot sell the dog as menacing. That dog's tail work. is wagging so hard the entire time it's trying to attack people, which is really get to its toy that's in the car. What's your favorite part of the movie, yeah, and why well, is the well, answer when it's a person in a dog costume running up to the car? Uh, before I answer, uh, Alex, you have a question. Hey, hey uh, Parker, is man's best friend on the list? Uh, no, it's on a list that I've curated for this season. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just checking. It is... Look, I mean, seriously though, that really is like such a fucking happy dog. The dog is like overjoyed that it gets to be part of a movie. Uh, the every all right, I, I don't talk about plots a lot, but I think people know Cujo very very well. I wish they didn't. No, <laughs> Cujo's no, no. A story no, no. Of a, they think they know it. Right, well. actually, you know, good point. Thank you, Parker, for bringing that. People think, oh yeah, just a dog attacks people. The deceptively simple setup, like the Twilight Zone. No. This is a, a story that Stephen King doesn't even remember because he was completely drunk when he wrote it. Here's the story. Two people who you don't like are getting divorced. The, the first kill of this movie doesn't happen until, and I mark this down, 44 minutes into the movie. Now, that's a war crime. Now, that being said, I, there are two things I want to say that I like about this movie. One, when the dog actually attacks people not attacks the car when it attacks the car that's fucking stupid when a dog attacks people that's a good animal attack it actually looks good and i mean like when the fang makes purchase with flesh that actually looks good to me i don't know maybe i was fooled by the effects the other thing is the soundtrack actually sounds really good so i might just download the soundtrack and listen to that instead of ever watch this fucking shit again but like parker your review on letterboxd is perhaps one of the most salient things i've ever read that kid's screaming. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> oh my god. You Why know what we die? could do? We could get a recording of that kid screaming. We could send that to Amy Coney Barrett. We get abortion back tonight. It is unbearable. And you're it just is, trapped in there with that kid for ten hours. It is so, so bad. There's no reason for it. There's... Look, I understand he was drunk and he just had to pump out content because if Stephen King doesn't write, then he might, like, pick off bodies uh, under in, uh, you know, a bridge or something. But, my good, shelve this one. This one's awful. And yeah, somehow... I, this is <laughs> definitely one of the ones where it's like, oh, no, y'all like this because you grew up in the 80s and you rented it and the dog scared you. This movie sucks shit. I, You know, maybe this is me being a little bit cynical about movie watchers i think i've said stuff like this before and i don't really have cause to say it but i'm going to say it anyway i feel like a lot of people didn't actually watch this i think a lot of people it's it's like famous like mark twain said uh the a classic book is one you have on your shelf and have never read i think a lot of people they know about movies and they don't actually watch them and say oh yeah classic movie they might even claim that they loved it from their childhood but i feel like you can't watch this movie and say yeah i liked it there's no way. This movie fucking blows, dude. So, shame on this movie. And shame on Stephen King, who somehow liked this more than the next one that I watched by him. Firestarter. 1984 oh version. Starring oh, yeah. Drew Barrymore. Man, I forgot there was a new one. I fucking watched that. Yeah. <laughs> that movie sucks. I didn't. Sucks. Yeah. Oh, really? Fuck it. Yeah. Firestarter does nothing for me. Well, I, did, I didn't forget it because I had to make sure there were Stephen King adaptations that weren't on the list, you know, for the wheel. Oh, don't course. worry. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, there's too many, really. <laughs> no, uh, Firestarter is uh, very, very bad, uh, but I'd say a lot better than Cujo. Cujo's fucking boring. Uh, Firestarter is, it benefits from good performances. Martin Sheen and his hair. 
my God, what's going on with it? It's like he has a head hat. Uh, and George C. Scott's in it, too. Uh, Drew Barrymore. That's a Native American man. Yeah. He <laughs> oh, is, that is also on the wheel. He's John Redcorning oh. his way through these. Does a wheel change every week? What the fuck? I don't remember No, that fucking white guy playing a POC that's been on the wheel. The wheel is a living document. You know what? Every single time I hear the wheel sound effect, my brain sort of touches the void. So. That's well, buddy, your shitty picking ass is going to be hearing I, it later. Look, so. I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, uh, George C. Scott is pretty good in this. Uh, difficult character. Drew Barrymore, I think she does a pretty decent job. It's not an easy role to play. Whatever, I'm not going to attack her. What we'll attack is a special effects crew who said every single time she uses her powers, they blow a wind machine in front of her face so like her hair stands up on it. It looks stupid. And Stephen King said it looks stupid, to which the uh, the director had the perfect rejoinder. Hey, asshole, it's your idea. So, uh, <laughs> he had an even better one after that. It's like, yeah, you, you know what happened? Everybody said, oh, well, no one could do my movies right. I guess someone will have to. And he, then he directed Maximum Overdrive. So, uh, sucks to suck. So, yeah, he was right. Yeah. Uh, look, I would not recommend Firestarter. Uh, is this, was this supposed to be, like, related to Carrie and something? Is it, like, a prequel to Carrie or a sequel or something? Or, like, uh, it's shared universe, like, they came from the same, like, science facility? Drugs. Yeah, also. That's all I have yeah, to say. You know what? That makes more sense. Yeah, Firestar blows. I couldn't get into it's Firestar. It's not good. And then you're, at the end, you're like, is that the guy who did Commando? And then someone shoots a bazooka at a child, and you're like, oh, yeah, it is the guy who did Commando. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just watch Commando instead, which is something I say about every movie ever made. Commando fucks. Dude, like, Commando fucking rules. Dude. I feel like Commando should be in my top 10 all time. Like, I think it deserves that place of all the Arnold movies. I think it's the best. Is one. anyone ever actually going to disagree with you on that? No one who could kick your ass, you know? It, it's hard. It's just, it's just, like, every time I think about Commando, it slots up a couple slots on the list. Yeah. Like, well, uh, we'll get to Arnold in a second. But before if that... If you guys remake Commando, I, I'm gonna, like, burn down Hollywood. You can count thank on you. me on that. Yeah, they would put, like, Ronda Rousey or something. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh... We're going to talk about the third Stephen King movie I watched this week. fuck is wrong with you, dude? It's called The List. Uh, this one's actually kind of good. It's called Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye is another anthology one. I guess Stephen King needed the money for Look, what? He's already the best-selling author in history by this point. I don't know if, if I needed If this. you're going to read Stephen King, you should read his short stories, so it makes sense that they actually, do an anthology. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. So uh, what he did is uh, he wrote... I think three short stories for this movie, all bound together by a cat. Uh, the first, the first segment has John Landis, and uh, he has he has a trouble with smoking, right? And uh, he goes to a facility that's going to get him off smoking, and they do it in a way that's really, really bad for him. Did you say John Landis? Did I imagine that? I think I did. He Sorry, did. Jo- okay. James Woods. James Woods. Oh. I froze. I was like, I don't. Boy, who's worse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know any better. I just assumed that's, we were no, talking about that's, that guy that's, again. That's my bad. That's all right. It's James Woods. James Woods, who delivers a great performance. It's like, hates to say it. Uh, basically, they're going to like. The facility is going to kill his wife if he ever smokes again. So, that's pretty bad. Uh, this would be pretty tough for the little lady to watch because uh, there's a brief animal torture scene yeah no, i watched that for, one on my own <laughs> yeah that made me mad when i saw that and it's it is interesting that like i i felt like frustrated like why are you doing that to the cat because they do the same scene later on with the wife and i'm just like <laughs> oh i don't care you know because it's like Makes played sense. for laughs it's like oh i like the cat more than the wife but i thought i'm like yeah i guess i do uh that's that segment is okay uh i don't think i like it quite as much as the next one which is 
there's this guy who works for, I guess, like a mob boss or something like that, and the mob boss kidnaps and says, oh, you're either going to go to prison or else uh, I'm going to kill you. How about a third way out? They're up on the top of a skyscraper, right? You have to go on the very ledge, which you can barely keep, like, your toes on and get all the way around the building, like this, like next to the skyscraper. If you can get all the way around, you get, uh, what, $500,000, and you don't have to go to jail. You can just leave town to get a good car, and you get the mob boss's wife. The guy somehow survives this journey. Uh, I don't know if the cat helps him. I think the cat is just there. Uh... I like that segment a lot. I think it was my favorite segment. The third segment is, I think it's Drew Barrymore, who I guess was just constantly working. I think she had to support her uh, her nascent coke addiction. Uh, she she really wants a cat. Oh boy, cats are fun. But her, I guess her grandmama believes that cats can steal your breath, and her mother still has some of the uh, traditions of the old country. She's like, I don't want a cat stealing my kid's breath. So she kicks the cat out of the house. Turns out there's a goblin living in their house that's going to, like, uh, steal her breath. I like the goblin effects. They actually, uh, they built, like, a giant room for the goblin, and it, it looks true to size, and uh, even when it changes back and forth between, like, blue screen versus practical effects, it's basically seamless with the size, which is kind of impressive. And uh, the cat's a pretty good actor. And, uh, this scene was actually pretty good. So, I don't know, I actually kind of like Cat's Eye. And uh, it's weird for me to keep saying I like Stephen King movies because uh, I got here a list of every single Stephen King adaptation because I have that kind of time. Hang on. And, uh, uh, oh, hang on, where's the... There we go. Question, yeah, sir. <laughs> yeah, Does that include ahead. sequels or are we just doing the first adaptations? Only only if it include like if Stephen King like so you don't have all eight children of the corn movies. Sorry. Well well maybe you should. That's a new list by itself. I Probably guess a thousand so. entries. Great. Anyway, uh according to this list, which I separated into good, bad, and have not watched it, which by the way, have not watched yet. Very easily the longest on here. <laughs> so so if, if it sounds like I shouldn't be judging anything, you're probably right, because I haven't seen most of his works. But as of right now, and don't get too excited, I'm going to say this shit, I've seen more good Stephen King adaptations than bad. And That's just because you haven't seen enough, buddy. It'll even yeah, out. Give it you're time. Give it right. time. Yeah, again, like, a lot of this stuff does not look very good. I don't know what... Well, <laughs> here, let me do my list. Good, Silver Bullet, The Shining... I'm out. Okay, uh, I can give you my top ten. All right, so uh, honorable mention: uh, Salem's Lot, Cat's Eye, Silver Bullet does not t- make ten. It Chapter One and The Dead Zone. My ten, which uh, I just like this one a lot, The Lawnmower Man. That's fucking cracks. Me I up. forgot that was yeah, Stephen King. Never mind. Yeah. That's on the list. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't admit that it's him, but we all know. Uh, Fuck you, Stephen King. Yeah, exactly. Which is uh, why I put number nine, Christine. Uh, number eight, The Mist, director's cut, the black and white version is fucking great. Number seven, it's this is how good the other ones are on the list that this is so low. Carrie. Carrie's really fucking good. Six is Misery. Five, The Running Man. Four, The Green Mile. <laughs> Three, Shawshank. Uh, two, The Shining. One, by quite a bit, is Stand By Me. And The Bad. In order from best to, to worst... Specifically for Parker, uh, Pet yeah. Cemetery, yeah, which the one? original. <laughs> I've not seen the remake yet. 
Uh, oh, God, enough, that's right. Yeah, Man, weirdly, enough, <laughs> weirdly enough, this is only uh, second worst on here. Maximum Overdrive, just because I laugh a lot at that movie. I think that movie's really funny. Movie owns, dude. Yeah, Fuck the haters. Exactly, yeah. Then, boy, Firestarter, then Cujo, then It 1990, then Children of the Corn, then It Chapter 2. Now we're getting to some real clunkers. The Langoliers... Hey, you think it? Start your list. <laughs> it's, 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 you're, yeah. you're gonna have to write this again, man. No, this no. is on you. The Tommyknockers. Oh, old Thomas himself. That's three, <laughs> by the way. Number three on here. The Tommyknockers. Number two, Dreamcatcher, which we did an episode on. God, what? That, that should be much higher. That movie owns. The only reason that it's not number one is because I laugh really hard at Jonesy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck uh, me, Freddy. Oh, <laughs> that, that actually gave us the the mental palace, <laughs> the memory palace. You know? uh, yeah, I that movie's really fucking annoying. <laughs> that movie owns, it's dude. It's so good. And the number one worst one that I saw is The Shining. Oh yeah, that was a the other how, one. <laughs> how do you have the Lawnmower Man and Dreamcatcher on opposite ends of this list? That's so, not fair. I, I will admit that uh, that's the same movie. That's the thing is like the Lawnmower Man is like it's a good bad movie, so you kind of have to see like where you got to put it. But so it was Maximum Overdrive, so you know. And as for as for Dreamcatcher, I that movie really pisses me off. Let, let me let me put it this way: so I was not on this show when you guys did Dreamcatcher. You were. I watched that with a completely different group of friends. And we still joke about Dreamcatcher. Do you still joke about Duddits? <laughs> I mean, you, you seem not? to see him every fucking <laughs> week at the theater. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be know. as funny if it wasn't Donnie Wahlberg, but because it is, it's hilarious. Oh, exactly. I don't know. I, that, that movie really annoyed me. Uh, and, and oh, I it get sucks it. We, ass. We made but... jokes. We made jokes about it, but I, someone about that movie, I was just like, oh, God. Oh, I had a wonderful time talking about that movie. Yeah, that movie's letting, also two hours, so... Yeah. Fucking... Letting Damien Lewis be British for once. Great choice. Yeah, I agree. That was, yeah, great. Because you forget, Jonesy. you know? <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I remember that Jonesy thing more than I remember anything from Band of Brothers. <laughs> that stuck in my head. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> oh, that fucking movie. Right. Anyway. Uh, so what on the list are you looking forward to? Well, only the ones from the list. So it's uh, Creep Show Two, which I probably shouldn't look forward to. Yeah. Uh, Fourteen Oh Eight is on there. Solid, um, honestly. I would. The Stand is on there, which is a TV show, so that'll be pass. Cool. Yeah, uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. This one. Yeah. Uh, I guess thinner, probably thinner. Um, oh man, that's, some others. that one's almost an episode. That movie's fucking wild. Y- you've mentioned it before, and uh, it's it fucking like it. crazy. Yeah, I guess Graveyard Shift, uh, Needful no. Things, Dolores Claiborne. Graveyard Shift sucks dick. Why is that on there? I don't know if it's on the uh, the list. I, I was just going through like oh. Stephen King stuff, and I get that I think, is one of the sweatiest, grimiest movies I've ever seen. Uh, I think uh, Rose Red is uh, on the list in some capacity, and one that I'm actually genuinely looking forward to is uh, the new 1985 Twilight Zone episode called Grandma. Which he wrote, and uh, I've heard it was really, really good. So, mildly interested in that. All right, uh, what else did I watch? Oh, this is uh, this is one for Alex. Sorry, Alex, oh, that we were boy. talking about Stephen King for so long. Let's talk about Michael Mann instead. I watched, Hell yeah, dude! I watched a little movie called The Keep. 
And oh, let's fucking go. Yeah, dude. If here's one, they ever play this at the Alamo? Let's go here. Uh, Parker, have you seen The Keep yet? Not yet. Parker, what's your favorite drug to do movies to? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Correct. Tell you what, I would like to hear your experiences with The Keep on uh, Chemical Wonderland. All right, this is. Th- th- Let me tell you, dude, it's better. <laughs> so we've had disagreements in the past, putting it mildly, when we talk about whether a movie has a plot. This movie certainly has a plot. Do not ask me to recount the plot. I don't think. Oh that yeah, I, can. I, I can't do I, it either. Yeah, I, funny, I didn't watch this gonna, that long ago. There yeah. are there are Nazis in it, so obviously. I don't but uh, they the basic idea here is they find a keep. I should just end the sentence right there. But there's also a demon inside and some sort of ancient thing that's haunting people. And uh, Ian McKellen's in it. He gives a good performance. Jurgen Prochnow, which I saw in some other movie. And, uh, yeah, it's actually... This is really good. It's really interesting. And apparently no one liked it. So I decided to make Miami Vice instead. So, uh, what are you... Look, only one of those movies has Numb Encore in it. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But, Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's... You can probably figure out the entire plot of that movie just from hearing that. Like, the Nazis are in Romania, and there's an old-timey keep with, like, you know, keepers that are like, don't go in there. And they're like, ah, yes, a strategic location for our army. We need to take this over. Fuck the Romanian people. Mm -hmm. And then there's demons and shit. Like, it's... it's, It fucking owns. It's super good. It's very well filmed. Very well shot. Tangerine Dream. Did Tangerine Dream do this? Yes. I think they did. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, I also think... Wait. I think Tangerine Dream also did the soundtrack to Firestarter, but they didn't watch the movie. They just said... Tangerine Dream has done the soundtrack to, like, a thousand fucking movies. Right, yeah. That could be its own list. Yeah, they did... I know they did the soundtrack to Sorcerer, which I liked, and the soundtrack for Firestarter doesn't feel like it fits the scenes, which makes sense because they didn't watch the movie. They just sent some leftover tracks. They're like, yeah, I don't know, pick six. And the director's like, oh, okay. (laughs) That's what you get. For The Keep, it's a bit more, you know, cohesive. Anyway, yeah, I, I do strongly recommend that. Michael Mann kicks ass. A uh, couple more here. Oh, boy, this one. All right, so this is a semi-famous one that I probably should have watched earlier. This is a 1984 British movie called Threads. Oh, timely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one is on the list for a reason. Uh, Parker, have you heard of Threads? Absolutely not. Oh, boy. Okay, so... <clears throat> This is a British TV movie that was filmed uh, fairly cheap, which is astonishing considering how uh, good it looks, especially later on. Uh, You follow a a British uh, couple, a boy uh, accidentally impregnates a girl in the back of a car while listening to soccer scores. You know how it is, governor. It's called called football, Chris. Right, yeah. And he goes back to... his family, they're like, oh, how are you going to support a child all this stuff? And like, boy, America and Russia really are getting into it. Hope that doesn't do anything. Well, it does do something. Uh, turns out Russia and, uh, sorry, the Soviet Union and America get really mean and nasty with each other. And uh, nuclear holocaust ensues. Now, I have been pretty strongly anti-nuclear holocaust. This- now skip. <laughs> However, but this movie makes a good point. What if it happened to the British? That's that, that is yeah. strong yeah. argument. Yeah. yeah, it's against walkable cities. Anyway, uh, it is harrowing. This is we've talked about a movie where you're just like, yeah, that was really good. I am never going to watch this again. And uh, Threads is one of them. Threads is a very unpleasant watch. Uh, this was so effective in communicating its anti-nuclear sentiment that allegedly 
uh, Ronald Reagan watched it and toned down one of his speeches. It's just like, yeah, you know, we'll just get along. It's in Kumbaya. Well, Obama, y- right? you you know the history of this, right? Uh, may, I, I might, but uh, where are you going with this? This is like a War of the Worlds thing in England. Like, oh, this they is did a TV movie. Like you, no, no, this is like a TV movie, like you said. Mm-hmm. And they ran advertisements before it, much like they did with War of the Worlds, the radio mm-hmm. show. Yeah. And some people just flicked over and didn't know it and thought this was actually happening. Boy, they must have been pretty stupid because it, it says, uh, like, day five, day six, like, breaking up. But then again, they did the same thing for War of the Worlds. Every once in a while, they'd be like, and now we go to commercial from our radio show of this thing by H.G. Wells. So, uh, exactly. it, yeah. it, it, it could be the same thing. I, I did not know that this actually confused the extra. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, it's the yeah. British. Like, well, it, it's, you can't blame them for being fair. easily confused. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was like a minor scandal. You know, that's, place, that's the thing. It's like, this was on the air. If you were to just watch it, I guess if you're just flipping on, you'd be like, oh my God, because it does look somewhat real in some scenes. And it's, it is very unsettling. This will make you, Parker, this will make you think that nuclear weapons are a bad thing to have around the house. Well, let me let me put it this way: If you see some of the stuff in this movie, you're not going to be like, "Well, let me wait ten more minutes to make sure this is a show." Like, yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> I guess, yeah, you'd be like, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, but then again, like your TV wouldn't be working. But anyway, you know who probably watched yeah, this? Well, people are stupid. Like, well, they're British people are stupid. Americans are good. They're, and kind they're, they're uh, British you, people is an oxymoron. Yeah, buddy. You, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you know who I bet watched this? Hideo Kojima. I bet he did this, and that's why you got Metal Gear Solid. Which, by the way, we were talking... I just edited the Evolution episode where Parker said he watched Drive. He was talking about all those fucking idiots who, like, who bought the jacket. I remember there was a picture of Hideo Kojima proudly showing off on Twitter that he was wearing the Drive jacket. Yeah, guy sucks. (laughs) Yeah. It's... Anyway, I, I cannot... I, I cannot believe I'm friends with so many people that worship that guy. I feel like it's, like, how... Normal normies must feel when their friends really love Elon Musk. Look, like, it's for me, the, uh, Elon Musk. You know, I'm talking. Fucking Hideo Kojima is and always has been a very bad writer, and everyone talks about the writing is the best part of his yeah. games. And I'm just like, yeah, I feel ass. like I'm living on a different planet. All right, I feel like I'm an alien, and everyone else—that's uh, I don't know—I'm out of body experience. If any of us watched a movie where there's a character named fucking Hot Cold Man, it would be next week's episode immediately. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Actually, right. Oh, fuck. All right. Next week's episode, uh, Metal Gear Solid Eight. Uh, only, only two more here. I know I'm going kind of long here. Uh, but, it's fine. We yeah. can pee after. Thank you. Uh, I watched Return to Oz. Parker, remember when you talked about uh, the Oz movies and uh, you didn't yes, like sir. the one that I liked, and I felt kind of bad about it. Well, I. Uh, there were parts of it. Look, I just don't like that fucking lion. We we can talk about this all goddamn I, I would, day. Oh, I was talking about Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck! That's right. Yeah, that was. That's good. why I watched that. Man, yeah. fuck that movie. Sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> watch it again. Yeah, so uh, Return to Oz was a movie that came out in 1985. It stars Faruza Balk from uh, was it uh, uh, the the craft? And uh, sorry, what else? No one I'm ever going to remember. So, the interesting thing here, uh, it was marketed as the longest time between an original movie and its sequel, and yet the movie... Oh, we'll beat that one, buddy. Uh, actually, wait, sorry, say again? I said, we'll beat that one, buddy. Oh, by the way, I, it was the later on community. beat by, uh, this is for your trivia team, Bambi to Bambi 2, uh, which is one of the saddest things I've fucking heard. Bambi didn't need a sequel. Uh, but Return to Oz 
that's a good idea for a sequel because like I mentioned about my grandma and she owns those uh, those Oz books there are a lot of stories about Dorothy going back to Oz and some of those stories are better than the first book there's some really interesting stuff in there but that's not why I watched this I watched this because I had heard a lot of this people said this is not on the list but people said it should be people say this movie's really fucked up it's really scary but also the practical effects are really good check it out Chris I'm like okay I'll do it they're right on both counts. If you are a child and you're listening to this, first of all, what's up? Have a beer. Uh, second of all, don't. This is way too scary for you. If you're under the age of nine, forget about it. You can't You can't handle this shit, all right? Uh, very, very creepy imagery. It. I don't know why it leads so hard into being scary, but then again, maybe I'm comparing it with the first movie, which didn't try at all to be scary, and yet it still scared people. I don't know how. Maybe it was the 30s, who knows? Uh this movie's actually pretty good. I like the story that it tells. I thought it was really interesting. I, I like the characters. I I was interested to see what was going to happen, and the practical effects are on point. This actually looks really good. Uh, there's some things that's like, if you're going to quibble about it, you're a nerd. Like, Dorothy is like nine years old in this, and she was 16 in the first movie. Gives a fuck. Uh... The, uh, the character, like, the, the Tin Woodsman, the Lion, and the Scarecrow look really different they're not like actually played by people with their faces showing oh also hey parker here's a positive for you the lion is turned to stone and never comes back to life fuck yeah dude yeah i'll wait for you to wake up <laughs> anyway it's, it's <laughs> been a rough week man <laughs> no, i'm sorry no, i'm kidding <clears throat> uh i it, oh man some of the effects i'm still thinking about uh it's it's worth your time so return to oz check it out Firuza Bulk, for a nine-year-old, does a great job. Also, I'm saying her name wrong. I keep saying Bulk. I think it's Bulk. Like, when a pitcher... Another failed Bulk. I, I, yeah, it's another, like, pitcher looking at the base instead of throwing or something. Who I don't fucking know. Uh, yeah, good movie. And here's the one that I feel weird for defending. I try... I really, really try not to get into letterbox scores. Like, if someone gives a, a movie, like, X-Stars, they give it X-Stars, like fucking whatever because my stars aren't don't necessarily like quantify how i feel about a movie it's just like mine are a bit more complex i've got like a system for them but i can't help but realizing parker how come i gave house four stars and you gave house three stars that's not what i expected here because i did not like it you didn't like oh boy i actually really liked house i actually had a really good time with house uh because you're a big bill maher fan yeah, that's. <laughs> is he in this? That is, that is what I know about you. Is, so. is, is Bill Maher in this? It's either the first one or the second one. I watched them both back to back and I fucking hated the second one. Yeah, boy, yeah. Apparently the second one's not good, but it does have the greatest subtitle of all time House 2, the second story. Which, uh. It's real good. That's yeah. why I watched it. Yeah, well. House, House 1 has the best uh, tagline in history, which is Ding dong, you're dead. <laughs> But, like, I see that on it, I'm like, I'm right, putting it on. I, have, I got nothing better to do. Uh, I like how... You know that. Basic idea is there's a haunted house, so there's a writer who's going to occupy it. This is not written by Stephen King. He's traumatized by uh, his Vietnam flashbacks. And I, I kind of like the practical effects. I like the humor that was injected into this movie. Uh, I, I had a good time. I actually kind of like this one. So, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll fuck myself. Uh... Oh yeah, and I went to the theater to watch Silence of the Lambs. Uh, still one of the... I think that's in my top ten of all time. I really fucking love Silence of the Lambs. Uh, 
don't, I don't know if I have a joke for that. Uh, yeah, what, that's, what can I that's say fair. That I mean, not, not everybody has room for Tokyo Drift. I get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of Japanese people, Tak Fujimoto, great cinematographer. Everyone talks about, oh, it won like the, the big five at the Academy Awards. Tak Fujimoto's cinematography is better than all five of those. It was a really great cinematography. I, I really loved that movie, so I had a great time. I know I talked about the fact that I liked Andor last week, and that was after having seen the first two episodes. I've seen two more now, and uh, let me tell you, I've been watching the clock the entire time of recording to make sure I can watch the new one as soon as we're done. God because damn it. Uh, God I'm damn completely it. in. I, Shit. I, uh, look, I fucking hate that I like a Star Wars show this much, but also... You know, written and directed by Tony Gilroy, who, uh, you know, did Rogue One, which, you know, everybody makes mistakes, but also, as we so often forget, wrote all of the Bourne movies and the first two Mission Impossibles and Michael Clayton. Fuck. So, like, man has chops. Man. They, fu- they have somebody who's actually, like, credible and competent running this. He knows exactly how long he wants to run for. It's going to be, like, exactly two seasons and nothing more, and that's going to, like, bump right into Rogue One, I guess, which, like, fucking whatever. Don't yeah, care sure. about Why that. Not? But, uh... I I know that people aren't going to hear these episodes until the season's already over, which is not a dig, just, you know, I, I get it, but uh, it's worth your time over, like, you know, winter with your family or whatever to, like, bang out the 12 episodes that are probably out by the time you hear this. Like, show's real fucking good. Uh, it's probably the last I'm going to talk about it on here, but um, well, until, you know, Parker gets caught up, but, you know. God damn it. Look, it look, really I'm sorry, I... I I'm sorry to do this to you. You need to watch it. It's good. It's like actually good. You will appreciate Fair. it. Okay. You're back. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be saying this to you specifically if that weren't the case. I was free for so long. I had finally <laughs> severed all ties. It's it's fucking good, dude. I didn't watch a second of Obi Wan, me of all people. I was free. I know. I know. I know. And I hope that much like me telling you about the deals the McDonald's app earlier, this doesn't cause your life to spiral into ruin. However, I would be a bad friend if I didn't tell you there was a good Star Wars show. I appreciate it. It had to happen. Um, two things to talk about here. The first of which was an assignment from Chris, uh, who wanted me to watch Beavis and Butthead do America. So, let me give you this fact first uh, to show you how little familiarity I have with Beavis and Butthead. I thought Butthead was the blonde one. Like this whole time, my whole life. Like, oh well. I mean, I always assume like like the like they're always standing the the dark haired ones on the left and the 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 blonde haired ones on the right. I'm like, okay, well it's Beavis and Butthead. Like it's probably how it works, right? Turns out it is not. Uh, is in fact reversed. I am just a fucking idiot. Uh, speaking of fucking idiots, um, <laughs> so I uh, I watched this with with my wife who. Uh, I would be remiss to mention the fact that uh, I put it on, and like three minutes into it, she goes, I thought it was this was about the claymation guy and his dog. You have a very similar viewing experience in your house that I do in a theater. Man, I just told my girlfriend about the Pet Boy story, and now I'm going to tell her about this. I, so, so don't worry, I laughed at her, not with her, and told her, no, sorry, that's Wallace and Gromit, they're different. Um... <laughs> but I, br- I bring in the fact that I watched this with her for an important reason other than making fun of her, which I love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're watching this, and for, like, the first 15 minutes, you know, we're we're not really, like, side-eyeing each other. We're just, like, we're pretty quiet while we're watching it. Just, like, what the- this is 
this is dumb even for us. And then the movie hits a point where it just breaks you. And you go, okay, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, but it's funny. And and it was at some point when they're on that fucking plane that I'm like, alright, yep, you got me, movie. Like, this is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, this is absolutely moronic beyond moronic. But I'm laughing, and that's all I need. So, uh, thank you for assigning me an 80-minute movie. I'm very extremely appreciative of that. Yeah. But, uh... I'm not sitting here saying that I'm going to go watch the Beavis and Butthead show and get, like, deep in the Beavis and Butthead mythos after this. No, but, I think... Uh, I think got a lot of belly laughs out of me, so... I, I think the only reason I wouldn't say that you would hate the Beavis and Butthead show is because some of those segments are, like, what, six minutes tops? You know, yeah. so you just... You don't even have enough time to hate it, you know? But, uh... Yeah, uh unless yeah, you're, yeah. like, a Christian fundamentalist or something. But, uh... Also, I've seen the show, and yeah, there are some good episodes. There's, like, three out of, what, like, almost a hundred? So it's like, the other ones are just like, oh, it's okay, I guess. Uh, the, the sex ed one is obviously really good. That's that's what keeps coming to mind. Uh, I I like the satire of Beavis and Butthead. I, I maintain every guy knew a Beavis and Butthead in their neighborhood, and that's why it kind of works for me. I, I kind of understand what Mike Judge was going for there, and I can kind of see, like, the through line between that to, like, King of the Hill. And, uh, yeah, and, like, that makes sense to me, yeah. because, like, King of the Hill is very much a like-don't-love for me. Like, that's a show that I have never, at any point in my life, wanted to seek out and watch, despite the fact that, you know, so many people love it. It's just, like, mm-hmm. it, one of those things that if it's on, it's on. Okay. I actually... I think this is, like, a, a cogent comparison. Other people might not. I feel very similarly about King of the Hill as I do to Frasier. Oh. Like, <laughs> opposite ends of the same spectrum. But, uh, like... There are shows that, like, I'll get a couple laughs out of, you know, if I, if I sit down and an episode's on, but, like, I've never in a million years been, like, I'm buying what Frasier's selling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's the thing about Frasier. The only uh, experience I have with that is uh, I, I used to watch it with my mom when she was on chemo. That's the only reason I ever put it on. She was one who would seek it out, and I was like, I'm not going to say no. Uh, but, yeah, I, I have to admit, I was not ever seeking out Frasier. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't get the people that's, who do. I think they're people that really like Cheers. I, I think that yeah, that's probably a lot Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, Cheers is before my time. I watch an episode of Cheers, I'm like, this is, like, actually too old for me to appreciate. Yeah, everyone who mentions Cheers is just like, that was before your time. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Well, I I feel like they innately understand that like a young person couldn't watch Cheers and get anything out of it because right. you really can't. I've tried. I I can um, tell that's what that's the show they always bring back and be like, yeah, thirty year old in that in that show does not look like a thirty year old today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like I I feel like the reason that I wouldn't like Beavis and Butthead the show has nothing to do with you know like not liking the satire or not getting it or whatever. It's just like the relentlessness of the movie is what got me. Right. It's, yeah. So fucking dumb. <laughs> it, it's so dumb, <laughs> but in a way that's like really endearing. And I think in a six-minute segment, I'm not sure that like that has time to break through. Yeah, like I I have to go in being like I'm gonna watch the show about the idiots now, and like I don't know if that's like a mindset my my head ever goes to. Well, you know, uh, you've got the Star Wars show to go to, so that's a good point. You know, like like may- maybe I just see too much of myself in them. Yeah, them dying in the desert and with their last breaths, laughing at two vultures <laughs> fucking each other. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. It's really good. <laughs> it's such a good bit. 
my, my sister's favorite line is a scene uh, almost immediately before then. She's like, they're dying of sunstroke. They, they live, the sun sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have thought of, is it a goddamn for 20 <laughs> years? <laughs> Apparently that was a Mike Judge's like grandma or someone would make that joke. And he was just like, oh, you know, just want to pay tribute to her. And it's the dumbest I, joke in the movie. <laughs> I, look, I, I gotta say that, uh, you know, watching this and then watching Beer Fest again for the fiftieth time back to back, that it really, it really just you know greased the skids for my moron brain yeah. to appreciate that I, movie even more. I would be remiss if I didn't get my favorite moment in there. Demi, <laughs> Debbie Moore says, "Okay, I'll give you twice as much if you go back and do him." You want us to do a do? No way. <laughs> People's just like, well, I don't know, bud. Maybe if we close our eyes. Ah! <laughs> I, I think, like, you know, you know, like, one of the cool things about being in a long-term relationship is, like, realizing some of the things that, like, you share in common that you didn't realize. And the thing that got the hardest laugh out of both of us was the fucking, the, the FBI agents, like, El Cabong and a teacher's guitar. <laughs> they drag him away. I, I have to admit, like, it's, it's a very slapstick moment we'll get to slapstick with beer fest but like they're trying to they're trying to steal the tv from school and it just crashes down the stairs <laughs> it's just a very funny sound of me. <laughs> well cavity searches on all of them don't stop till you reach the backs of their teeth <laughs> never in the sense of the we... preposition <laughs> i <laughs> I, I, I know that quotability-wise, this is what I'm going to think about for a while. In the same way, like, Chris, you assigned me Wayne's World, a movie that yeah, I had yeah, never seen. Yeah. And, my like, to this day, my big takeaway from watching that is I didn't realize that my dad liked Wayne's World so much. Because, like, just thinking about all the things that, like, I heard in that movie Zang. that are just things that my dad has said <laughs> for 30 years. Like, yeah. uh... Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about the Beavis and Butthead movie. Okay. <laughs> like, there's so many things that I get now that I didn't get before. So, like, even... Yeah, Chris, what's up? Where, where are you when we need you, Ike? <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when, when he, as Cornholio, goes up to the Nixon picture, <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> That's such a <laughs> stupid fucking joke. It's so fucking dumb. Where's Anderson's tool shit? I mean, I mean, like, you grow up in the era that we grow up in, and like, Cornholio references are unavoidable. And like, to me, in my brain, before watching something like this, I'm like, oh, that's just like the pickle Rick of the '90s. Like, it's just some dumb thing. But it's so relentlessly fucking dumb. Yeah. It's just like, like every fucking time he's talking, it's a new bit. And the bit is equally as stupid as the last bit. But it's different. And I also like that Mike Judge was honest about it. And he said he couldn't come up with anything good. So he just like, yeah, I remember back when I was a kid, I put my fucking like, shirt up over my head. <laughs> I like, Look, my thing here I, is that like, I, I consider this the same realm of like... Uh, the South Park movie for me. Now, look, the South Park movie is better than this, and I'm not going to pretend otherwise, but they're both so quotable that they kind of access, like, the same part of my brain when it comes to, like, you know, quotability, mm-hmm. the satire, obviously animation. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I like both movies quite a bit. So, there you go. Yeah, I spent a lot of time during this thing about Austin Powers in a good way. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
just because that's another movie that's like this premise should be fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. I should hate this, but I don't because it's so well done. Um, it's like she's so, uh, a slut. Sorry, I gotta yeah. stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I know, I know. We could do this for a while. Um, it's all right. We can do this instead. All right, because the other thing I watched this week is a little movie that has sold more tickets than any movie in history. I guess called Avatar. Uh, mm. They're they're back in front, right, Parker? News guy. Uh, I sure hope so. I. I I did not see that update. But, I don't. Uh, no, I don't. I believe I don't in my kids. Well, I, I I can offer a bit of anecdotal evidence for that. I was the only person in my gigantic IMAX theater at 10 p.m. on a Monday watching this. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. All right. So before I ask you guys for your experience on Avatar, I'm just going to give mine first because yeah. I think that's easier. So I go in there. I sit down. No trailers. I walk in at 10:01. So you know, I I literally get the. Is this Paramount? I don't remember. Some, Whatever yeah, the, the fuck. The, I get the studio screen, and then like the movie starts as I'm sitting in my seat. So I'm like, hell yeah, this is perfect. I ordered the my food to be delivered at 10.10, so somebody has to walk through this gigantic empty IMAX theater to bring me my tiny fucking salad and gigantic soda. Like, it was... I, I'm feeling good. Uh, so I'm watching this, and my first thought is like, just like looking up at the screen, I'm just like, this is something that should be experienced by everybody. Like, like I don't know what I'm in for movie-wise, but, like, I feel like I'm staring at, like, a really important piece of art. Like, just watching it. It's, like, nothing I've ever seen before. Like, it's absolutely fascinating to me. Like, I'm sitting there in my seat going, I get the Avatar people now. I totally get why people are like, you have to see this. This is unbelievable. This is the reason this sold so many fucking tickets. It's, you're not going to experience anything like this for, I don't know, what, another decade? Like, movies aren't going to look like this for a long time, right? It's just, like, it sticks out. It's this, like... It's this super, super unique thing in the way that it's filmed and the way that it looks and the way that you feel like you're part of the movie. And then, like, an hour later, I was like, yeah, I'm good. And I walked out. <laughs> you didn't so, finish it? I, uh, so... You've seen this, right? Yeah, Both of you? Nope. Not a second. Okay, well, Chris. Uh, so... So, like, I'm watching this, it's like, alright, cool, he's Blue Jesus, he's doing through all the Blue Jesus trials. And, like, I got to the point where, like, the big bad military guys were about to attack the the Blue People's house, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the end of the second act. I can't do this for another hour and 15 minutes. And so I left. Like, I didn't care. Like, like, the story doesn't fucking matter. It's an amazing visual experience. Everyone should pay the 20 bucks for an IMAX ticket to go see this. You don't have to stay for three hours. It's not that important. I'm not going to see the sequel. I don't care. None, none of, like, this story doesn't matter. I don't, like, you know why this story doesn't matter? Because I read the Bible. Like, I know what's in there. Like, it's it's nothing new or interesting. It's just, like, oh, cool. He's the messiah for these blue people. And there's bad people that want to hurt them. Cool. Got it. I already knew about this. It's kind of a 2,000-year-old story. Doesn't matter. But technologically, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my life. Like, I... I mean, I saw this in IMAX. Like, maybe that makes a difference. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. If you watch this on your TV, you're a fucking idiot. Like, don't bother. Well, there's nothing there on your TV. I'll tell you but... what. Uh, to let's let's make it smaller. Like, let's say you watch this on your laptop. Watching Avatar on your laptop is. It reminds me of that. Was it was it like a Twitter account or, or a YouTuber thing, where they took uh, the Big Bang Theory and they took out the laugh track. 
I think that's kind of like what it is because it strips away all the visuals and then you see that there's really not much there to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I completely agree. There's no story here. Everybody that bitches about the plot of this movie is 100% right. So, uh, but also, was but this... also, good. I, I, again, I compared this to a painting for a reason. Like, it's like seeing a Van Gogh in a museum or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I had the privilege of getting to see, like, Starry Night in a museum. And it was awesome. And I stared at it for, like, 15 minutes. I'm like, this is so cool. I can't believe somebody made this. And that's how I felt watching the beginning of Avatar, truthfully. Like, I, I was blown away by how it looked. There's no substance there. But also, you'd never stare at a painting for three hours, ever. Well. You'd be a fucking idiot if you did that. So, like, I I think it's worth it to go watch the spectacle for 20 minutes and be like, cool, that was worth my ticket price, I'm going to leave. I think that's fine. Well, uh... I don't. I don't think you should treat this as a movie if you're considering seeing it. Because it's not. It's not. It's, it's like a fake fucking movie. But... Man, those effects. I feel like the first time I put on a VR headset. Like, it's just, it's so different than anything you've ever experienced. It doesn't matter that it's not good. It's just, it's cool that we as a species did this. Okay, uh, I can go now. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Avatar fucking sucks. Don't listen to Alex. Uh, it sucks dick. Uh, Parker, what did you watch? It's no, bad. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, no, I'm kidding. All right, so, no, 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 he's I'm right. Kidding. It's bad. No, I'm, I'm doing a, a thing here. Alex, I don't... I, when I ask this question, I, I don't mean this to be a joke, and I don't mean it to be mean or uh, demeaning or whatever. Was this your yeah, first 3D movie? No, I've seen 3D movies before. Oh, okay, but this one, like, the, the it looks, looks better than... Okay, this looks I different. agree. I, like, yeah. Because this isn't so like watching I, Zootopia in 3D, you know? Yeah, yeah. Was, the, was it our Discord we were talking about the Hobbit movies the other day? Or was that another I Discord think it was a different one, because I, I've always okay, seen the first Okay, because, like, like, I saw the first fucking Hobbit movie in 3D, oh. and I was, like... I mean, that movie gave me a headache, yeah, I can but then it, it looks yeah. cool, and then it gave me another headache, which is, like, actually impressive. Save for all three like, hours of Avatar like, if you want yeah. a, a sequel to that headache. Uh, yeah. I Like, I've seen 3D movies, and that's, like, they they just seem, like, not that much different than, you know, the 3D glasses you get on the back of a comic book to me. Mm-hmm. This looked different. Mm-hmm. This looked, like... Everything that they did was designed to showcase how cool this looked, which, I mean, I'm a sucker for space scenes anyway, but, you know, you're, you're like, 90 seconds into the movie when you get them all coming out of the pods, and the pods look like they go for, like, a fucking mile in that spaceship with that kind of depth that you just can't get, you know, when you're watching a 2D movie. Um, and, like, at that point, I'm in. Like, th- this, it just, it looks totally different to me. A- and... If you think this is just another 3D movie, yeah, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to fault you for that. But I, I've been anti-3D movies in general, aside from the third Harold and Kumar with the giant claymation dick that rolls out and hits you in the face. And also Jaws 3D. Jackass 3D. There we go. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, there are, you know, out- outliers, but there's a reason 3D movies aren't really a thing anymore. They look fucking stupid. This yeah. doesn't look stupid. This is like, this right. justifies the existence of the medium to me. But. Uh, I I think that's where we're, our paths will diverge. I don't think that this uh, justifies the path. I do think that it is worth seeing. I uh, I don't know that that necessarily justifies it because I feel like that what happened is, and I feel like what you were saying is something that a lot of people said, what I'm about to say is something that a lot of other people said, 
is this led to a bad trend in movies where they tried to market it in 3D. They would just have, like, every once in a while someone would reach to the screen, you know, uh, to, to, like, pick up a ring or something like that, and that's your, you know, required 3D shot for the movie, and it feels like people are wasting money on those gimmicks instead of actually using it to build the story, which is what James Cameron did there. And, uh, look, I'm not saying that those shots didn't look good, but I came away far less impressed because I guess I'm more of a story guy, and the story is very, very bad. This is bad storytelling. You're right. Uh, You want to make this really short here. Uh, You just do the Rogue One test with this. Uh, For all the Rogue One likers out there, which uh, are not any of our listeners, not for what we've said, uh, if you like Avatar, tell me your favorite character. And uh, that's how you shut them down. You're completely right. Uh, Yeah. Look, and... I think this is one of the ones that I put into the bucket of uh, what I want from science fiction, which I've said probably too many times on this. I want a science fiction movie that is about something. This is why I don't like Star Wars very much, because it's really not much more than good versus evil. People would say, oh, well, Avatar is about colonialism. Yeah, so is fucking Fern Gully, the last rainforest. All right? I don't find this one anywhere near as deep as people seem to think it is. Will I watch the next one? I'll probably be cajoled into it. I I have no desire to revisit this one. When I saw it was re-released at theaters, I said I'm good. And I saw this on the big screen in 3D with the glasses, single, because look at me. But I also watched it on a laptop. Uh, I think I was with someone for that one, actually. And uh, yeah, it really is like watching The Big Bang Theory without a laugh track. It, it just kind of shows the, uh, the shallowness of not just the plot, but the characters, the writing. Uh, it doesn't, it, I don't know, it doesn't do anything for me. So uh, I would say I actively dislike this movie. I, it, That's fair. It feels like I'm holding on to an LL syndrome thing here because it was so popular. But I know what I like and I know what I don't like. Uh, I, I can't push back too hard against the fact that it looks damn good, especially for those first few minutes, because it better be, considering how fucking long it is. Uh, but the fact that you walked out, it, initially I was just like, oh, come on, you didn't even, you don't even know if you liked it if you don't watch the whole thing. But now I thought about it, I was like, nah, I, I think he knows. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> no, I got I, it. I, like, like, yeah. Also, I'm not going to tell you to go back. <laughs> yeah. Everything you said about the story is 100% correct. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. It's it's like just zero calories there. Yeah. You know, There's the, the nothing... worst part about it is I saw the. You guys have seen the, the trailers for the new one, Avatar 2? The, the water. I don't remember thing. them, but probably. Yeah, I've, I've seen it a couple times, and every single time I'm like groaning, like, oh, God, I'm going to make this movie. It, it looks like it'd be really sick in 3D. So I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, and and if I don't think I'm gonna go see it by myself, but if somebody's like, "Hey, you want to go see the new Avatar?" I'm probably gonna say yes yeah. because like it's been ten years. Like it might look even cooler. Yeah, like they might have better tech now. Yeah, I don't know. And the thing is, like, it's it's so hard for me because I've harped on this so many times that film is a visual medium, and you have to tell your story with visuals. I just feel like it didn't go far enough to tell the story with visuals. Like I so I go ahead. I agree. It's a bad movie. Also, I wouldn't treat seeing this like seeing a movie, which is like I, kind of I the guess, point I'm yeah. trying to get at. So, it's like, would you compare this like to 2001: A Space Odyssey, or is that going too far? 2001: A Space Odyssey is like a painting, but good, and you want to watch it for two. I and a half. I would not compare it to 2001: A Space Odyssey because I think 2001: A Space Odyssey did something that was novel four movies more shit park like that is that is to me still a movie i do not think of my experience with avatar as a movie i just don't like it doesn't 
to me, it's like going to the Smithsonian. Like, I think that, like, this should be... This fucking movie should be playing, like, on loop in a museum somewhere. Not something that you go out with your friends after a night of drinking on a Friday to go see. Not, not that I'm saying that that's wrong or bad. Just that, like... I think that, in a lot of ways, this movie is the future. But it's, like, a future 20 years from now. Yeah. Of, like, what movies are going to be like. And at some point, we're going to look back at this movie and go, oh, fuck, that changed things. That was, like, unique and different in a way that mattered. And, like, to me, I I didn't see it the first time in theaters. I don't regret that. I'm happy I saw it now. I'm happy that I now know that this is possible. Because if you... If I, like, had a dream about this movie, like, like a photorealistic dream of, like, what it was like to see this movie, I would have woke up and been like, ha, yeah, that, that future sure is crazy. Like, I, that's never gonna happen. But, uh, they did this. And the fact that they did this is fucking cool. And, again, not, not to make this sound like a shitty thing, I know that by the time people listen to this, this is gonna be out of theaters again. But, like... I think that, like, if you are just into seeing shit that you've never seen before, it's worth it. Like, it really is. Like, you can leave. You don't have to stay. I didn't stay. I'm not telling you to stay and, you know, watch him become the blue people messiah. Because you shouldn't care about that. I, I would... And Chris, who, whoever you watch this on a laptop with, like, yeah, they probably shouldn't have talked to you again after that. That's that's a mistake. You gotta throw your body in front of that you one. You know, I, but... I probably shouldn't have talked to them either. Also, I was gonna be like, should be like, well, for all the people who haven't seen Avatar out there, both of you, but one of those both of you is on this podcast, it's Parker. Hey, uh, three hours. <laughs> yeah, good, exactly. Yeah, fair point. Like, yeah. Well, Parker, if you want to spend, uh, what, $30 to watch this movie for 15 minutes, uh, Parker, uh, uh, Alex is giving you that well, recommendation. Well, if you have AMC stubs, you can see it for free, which is what I do. Do you have AMC so. stubs? I no. sure do. No, Parker, you can borrow my login if oh, you want. There you go. Thank you. I think it, it. I don't know how that works sharing, but you get three movies a week. Yeah. Like, if there's an AMC area, AMC like, is more like, like a miserable cinema. Boom, got, got him. Holy shit! Go. Yeah, yeah. Tell us how you feel about Regal now. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I don't like Regal. I know. Uh, uh, boy, have I mentioned that? Oh, anyway. see, I only go to this one place. We give them a lot of free advertising. They don't want to pay us, but you know, I've talked to them about it. Anyway, uh, I don't sound you know, like that. <laughs> uh, you watch anything else? No, we can go to Parker now. Yeah. Okay. A movie I watched last week that I wasn't fully prepared to discuss was assigned to me by Papa Field. A film called She from All right. 1984. Alright. <laughs> I wanted to just to double check because I looked at... I jotted down some notes while watching because I was like, you know, this is... This is part of the field lineage. Like, I need to actually give this a fair shot. <laughs> and I read, read what I wrote, and I'm like, this doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense. None of this happened. As it turns out, that's just exactly what was on my screen. So the point of this movie is, uh, it's the future, the post-apocalyptic future, 23 years after a nuclear war, which is only referred to as the cancellation. <laughs> So immediately, <laughs> already doing great. Right. Oh, now I see why he assigned you this. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those post-apocalyptic movies where it's that way because it's a lot cheaper to f- to film like on busted down sets with flaming oil drums around. Yeah, they get like and, a little bonus that they film at Chernobyl. Oh yeah, and there's a whole bunch of warring tribes. 
that all have gimmicks. Kind of like the Warriors, but a lot shittier. <laughs> so the plot is, uh, these two brothers put a gun in my head asking me either of their names. Okay. You can just pull the fucking trigger. Um, they're trying to find their sister who got kidnapped. I didn't even remember that. Um, they come across uh, Sandalberg, <laughs> attorney at law, who we know, of course, from Conan the Barbarian and other things. Yeah. <laughs> and they set on a magical adventure. And then what happens is just the most poorly edited, like, 85 minutes of going, finding a tribe, getting into some kind of shenanigans and or battle, escaping, finding another tribe... The worst choreographed sword fights you've ever seen. <laughs> Rinse and oh, So it's Aquaman. But, like, Aquaman fucking wishes because... Let me just pull up some of these here. We have... Oh, let's see. We've got uh, a bunch of, like, Amazonian warriors, of course. Um, a giant Paco-sized man in a ballerina outfit. <laughs> um... They meet this group of people, and they all turn out to be werewolves, and they have to escape there. Wait, Dad, uh, you didn't tell there's, me. <laughs> there's a g- guy uh, guarding a bridge who turns out to be a robot, and he speaks only in movie quotes. And then every time they slash at him with the sword, another one of him appears and just keeps following them, quoting movies at them. Wow, wow. good thing I don't know anyone uh, like that. <laughs> uh, there are more robots that are covered up like mummies with chainsaws. Dad, you didn't uh, tell me to watch this? What is this? And of course, uh, the most nefarious gang of all, just random punk dudes with swastikas on their arms. Well, son, you're really busy with your list. <laughs> oh. he, Are you winning, son? He, <laughs> <laughs> the is he does know about the list. And he has I, a I similar reaction that. to you every single time, like, yeah, I watch the list, he's like, oh. Like, you go to the Wikipedia, and this is what happened last week, where I said I looked over it, and I was like, yeah. I gotta double-check this. Because this is the start of a paragraph. After ca- being captured by this swastika-wearing norks, and I just fucking closed it, I'm like, that's not real. That's not a thing. I must have fallen asleep during this movie. But no. That's what this movie is. It's just non-stop finding people with some kind of gimmick that's ridiculous, but also very, very cost-efficient. Having a terrible battle and then getting to the gladiator free for all battle, in which they find his sister, who is, and I quote here, a concubine of the Nork leader. <laughs> and then they just like run to the bridge, and then another shittily shot, edited, and paced battle takes place, and they're like, damn, I'll miss you. And then credits roll. <laughs> How long is this? Is this sub 90? Oh, we're right under 90. Don't even sweat Ooh, there it. There we go. This is one of those movies that teeters on the... Is this a two-star or a four-star? I don't quite know. It depends how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. You Um, know, I have a feeling my dad... He he was really sure to say, make sure you assign this to one of them. Don't watch it yourself. So I would love to know (laughs) how he came I'm glad that we're lumped together. I have a a feeling that... he he may have not have finished this, so maybe he feels the same way about she that Alex feels about Avatar. <laughs> yeah, That's you fair. know, uh, now that I know that movies can look like this, I don't need to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> you said mummies with chainsaws? It's like, it's not good. It sucks, and it's also really good, but also not good enough to be worth watching, but also you should watch it. I, it's really conflicting. I keep getting mixed messages here. I don't it's, know. 
It was real tonal whiplash back and forth through the whole movie. You know, you should do the, the yellow cyclone. You should watch it again and make sure you didn't like it. Yeah, just so everyone knows how much I fucking No, no, no. Hate. No, you should do the yellow cyclone and watch the trailer. Right. Then you would have known what happened. Oh, uh, I know who she is. Figured it out. <laughs> My dad's going to listen. Who the fuck is yellow cyclone? <laughs> <laughs> she? Oh, I've never seen that. I didn't tell you about that. <laughs> I didn't actually say that, you guys. Uh, the only things I really watched were rewatches of things like... Uh, our temporary roommate, I came out and he just put on There's Something About Mary, a movie I have not seen since I was a child. I have never seen that. Turns out still, good. still pretty funny as it turns it's out. It's actually good. It's, yeah. uh, I was very surprised at how much I still enjoyed it. I'm boycotting and how much of it I Brett Favre in there instead of Drew Bledsoe. And uh, how many things I should not have seen at that age because I looked up when it came out I was like, damn, mom, you're really slacking here. That was like a gross-out comedy, right? That was uh, absolutely. Yeah, so that I think in is, a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I, apparently, that was one of the influences for Freddy Got Finger was kind of making fun of gross-out movies. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah I could see that hundred yeah. uh, percent. Look, yeah. I, I gotta Pretty say, my, my dad, my dad loves the cum and the hair joke in that movie, yeah, which does. is hilarious when he does it in front of me because we're both bald. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to the big man, too. By the way, hell yeah. Anyway, uh, um, best part of the movie is still uh, at the very end where he makes like his big plea, like hey, "Everyone should be happy," and just walks out and does the funniest ugly cry in movie history. <laughs> just the most guttural, depressing sound. <laughs> but yeah, uh, still holds up. Uh, All right, here we go. One other rewatch we put on it, Chapter One, just because it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still pretty good as it turns out. You know, I was actually thinking about that when I was making my list. I was like, you know what, it Chapter One's pretty good. That's a borderline top ten for me. Like, I like the special really... effects in that one. Not really scary at all, but like it's no, it was the beginning it of October. Be. Yeah, it was if, nice. Uh, I think I mentioned this on our episode. How many years ago? <laughs> Five years don't, ago. Don't think about it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is the movie. Much like the original 1990s version, this is the one that like, ooh, we found a way to watch this. And you're like ten years old. You invite like your other ten year old friends to your house. Like, oh man, we're going to put on it. We're going to be so bad. It scares the shit out of you because you're ten. But you watch <laughs> this when you're in your thirties, and you're just like, oh, this, this is interesting. That's cool. What's up, Alex? You want to know what that was for me and my friends when I was like 10? More than anything. (laughs) Scott Tennerman must die. (laughs) We watched that at one of my birthday sleepovers because it happened to be the episode that was on. And I think that was just our life for the next two years. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. (laughs) What a piece of art. I am very. We talk about things that need to be watched and appreciated. Oh, 100%. Put that on a big screen. Put that in IMAX in 3D. I'm, I have one last thing to talk about, and guys, I'm so happy we were able to delay this a day so I could watch it. Right. Chris, it's a movie you discussed briefly last week that I would love just to circle back to. Okay. A film called Cat People. Oh. Bro. Oh. <laughs> Holy Jesus Christ. Yeah, boy. We've talked about sweat glistening off bodies before. Unfortunately, it was Transformers 5 and that girl was 12. But, oh... <laughs> Wow. Uh, so, first of all, how do you like Malcolm McDowell in this one? Oh, straight from New Orleans? <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm McDowell from the streets of New Orleans. <laughs> it sounds like fucking... It sounds like Matt Berry. <laughs> I cannot believe how much of this movie is him in leopard form. And they're just <laughs> expecting you to not realize for like 45 minutes, like... Yes, that's clearly him in that zoo. I understand, movie. Yeah. Why? First of all... Two hours? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, this is this is a lengthy project. Oh. Uh, a two-hour movie that is boiled down to... Boy, 
Uh, so, you see... <laughs> fuck, man. So their ancestors uh, sacrificed children to the to the cat people, to the yes. leopards. Yeah. So uh, so now, uh, as Penance said, anytime they get fucking horned up, anytime they're scrolling, they just get a big fucking throbbing rager. Every single uh, time they see it, a two and a half hour runtime. Nice turgid fucking... <clears throat> once they see a bulbous, lengthy 245 3D movie... <laughs> They turn into a giant leopard and maul people. Because that's, that's the only way. They stay in cat form until they kill someone, and then they turn back into people. But don't worry, Alex, there's a cure. And that cure is for the brother and sister to bang each other. Yeah. Oh, of course. Right. I mean, yeah. that's usually how it works, this is, right? Yeah. By the way, I watched this after I watched Amityville 2, The Possession, the one with the incest I was going to say, I yeah. remember you talking about an incest movie. Yeah. Is it not this one? Yeah. So, no, last week was the incest theme. This week is uh, Jurgen Park theme. Malcolm McDowell just drops that knowledge like yeah. an hour 15 into this movie. He's like, the only way it can be. He's like, what? <laughs> Sounds like a South Park character there. He keeps forgetting he's in South Park. <laughs> like, they're hanging out in the swamps in New Orleans talking about voodoo. <laughs> he's just like, ah, the only way it can be here is really love it. It must trust me. I have a 4 0 grade point average, Julia. <laughs> can I fuck it? Can I fuck Okay, fuck <laughs> But, like, they don't hide it well because like she comes in like oh brother and he's just immediately smelling her hair and you're like what the fuck is this? I thought right, this was yeah. about cat people yeah uh, oh. it turns out like, Wait, they have to bang when they're humans yeah. or the, when they're cats yes so, unclear <laughs> all right, all right uh, yeah there's a lot of this movie that is not particularly clear uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I saw the original but I don't remember it taking place at the zoo for like an hour. Nor uh, the dad from Home Alone. <laughs> I'll tell you this: uh, the first one does have a lot that happens at the zoo. It does not involve people turning into cats when they get horny and then fucking their brother and sister. Uh, uh, what do you think about Nastasia Kinski? <sighs> yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, so, <laughs> humana, humana. Right? Yeah, that's one of those things. For, is this uh, the first time you've seen her since uh, Terminal Velocity? <laughs> I think it's it a is. Matter of yeah. Fact. yeah, actually, it is. Well, this was where we watch her just like, huh? huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, this movie's actually pretty yeah. good. I don't know. I actually Yeah, like sure. It. I empathize with Charlie Sheen's character yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, this is a movie called Cat People. We're like, an hour 30 in, we get a fucking leopard autopsy. Oh, yeah. And then he just finds the human arm inside of it. And then, like, acid comes out. And then the next scene, she's just in the fucking Black Panther death realm. Like, ah, you see, here's what happened to our family all these years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to get the sound effect of, of, of uh, Carmen saying, you're a fucking faggot, dude. <laughs> Keep that. <laughs> you just honestly, I think you should just like message Smoke and Scan on Twitch and ask for a soundboard, because you'll get all of those and also all of the Family Guy sound effects, which is important. Uh, no, right. Yeah, we need those. What else did you think about Cat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like going into it, I just knew it had a reputation of being like one of the horniest things ever put on film, and not in like the annoying letterbox way, but just like every I mean, frame just, like it's deliberate, just you know? drenched with the horny things you've ever seen yeah. I didn't realize that the central horniness would be between Malcolm McDowell trying to fuck his leopard sister <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that way they could stop turning into cats and killing people he kills like three hookers in this movie he goes to get a prostitute and they're sitting in bed and then it just cuts to like the police coming in and they're just being a cat on the floor with some dead hooker on the bed <laughs> you know Parker they always say the sexiest thing is like oh that uh 
it, it feels wrong, you know, that taboo, that forbidden fruit. His forbidden fruit is his leopard sister. <laughs> I'm gonna bang my cat sister so I can be normal again. How do you think they do the advertising for this movie? How do you how do you think they tell Yellow Cyclone what happened? Like, how do you put this in there? <laughs> Guys, you're I not going to believe what Bob McDowell's for... got himself into now. <laughs> the commercial for a movie like this is probably just like a picture of a bag of cocaine for 30 seconds. Then they put the movie title at the bottom. Yeah, like, which oh, I, I'd go. <laughs> I, say the word, I'm there. Yeah. We have to go back. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll uh, die in my 60s, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Incest aside, uh, the other glaring flaw is uh, fucking figure it out, lady. Yeah. Who else would this leopard be? Oh, wow, my brother disappeared. I keep having these strange nightmares about cats. I guess I'll work at the zoo with this new cat they found. 40 minutes later, the fucking thing escapes and she goes home. He's like, hello, sister, I've waited for you. He's like, fuck yourself. <laughs> and then he just tries to bang her. And then... Uh, and then she fucks the dad from Home Alone and turns into a puma. <laughs> Stupid fucking movie. It's really good. Josh's Absolute favorite donkey. animal. <laughs> Follow the only road. <laughs> Sorry. We really should start talking like that in our everyday lives more. I, I, it's been long enough since South Park has been relevant culture. Right, yeah. We'll just do that. that. No one will know. Yeah, that being no said, but like the whole, can I finish? Can I finish? Okay. Okay. <laughs> that comes back to me so often. <laughs> All right. Well, glad you. The Canadian government has apologized repeatedly for Brian Adams. <laughs> that being said, uh, Parker, I'm glad you uh, enjoyed Cat People. Sure. Two that... hours. Oh yeah, boy. Two that's... hours. I mean, that's that's the first sign that it's horny. It's, it's got a really horny runtime right there. <laughs> Good oh solid does all the things you needed to do. Two hours. Oh my god, we're in an hour forty-five already. Good for us. Yeah, no look, yeah. Speaking of runtimes, I mean, most girls don't even know, like a runtime that big. Honestly, <laughs> just watching a cat run across the zoo as John Harbaugh shakes his head. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's talk about beer fest. All right, just buckle in, boys. We're gonna be here for a while. Okay. Oh yeah. I didn't take a lot of notes on this. I only took notes when a, whenever a German guy was talking. But there are certain things I remember. One, it feels like there's a lot of slapstick in this in a way that I like. Uh, like the opening scene where they go to Germany and they go to take their grandfather's ash. Is there- oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, roll it back. That is not the opening scene of this movie. We need to talk no, about the right. funeral first. Sorry. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it, it starts with a guy like getting tortured at an underground uh, church. Right before a funeral. Uh, the fact that he's just, like, being strung up in this basement for trying to cheat this guy at quarters. And then it's like, oh, this is the pastor at the church. We have to go up for Grandpa's funeral now. <laughs> yeah, he's just... Great. It never comes back, and I kind of like that. Also, was it yeah, the grandfather... Yeah, that was a Donald Sutherland, right? Was that Donald Sutherland? Was uh, it? The one who died. Yeah, it, it might have been. I think it was, It was yeah. someone... God damn it. I forgot to write it down. I, I like this... Dying grandpa scene feels weird to <laughs> spell it all again. I've seen this movie like legitimately fifty times in my life, and I still laugh every time he pulls the plug on himself after downing the third beer. <laughs> oh, we've all been there before. <laughs> say good night, Popo. <laughs> good night, Popo. So it, it feels weird for me to say, but I like Popo. 
I especially like when they brought him back. Great character. <laughs> especially More even Popo better because like movies. he's like, oh, it's, it's it's Popo, and like the guys at like the church at his funeral just like, hey, it's Popo. <laughs> <laughs> They're all psyched. Like, oh fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. U- ultimately, my second favorite character named Popo. So uh, he <laughs> dies, and uh, they go to Zephasaland with uh, his ashes to dump them at Beerfest. And uh, I don't remember. Oh yeah, they they go to Beerfest, and uh, they're they're everyone's singing like drinking songs, and they can't come up with one, so they do ninety nine bottles of beer on the wall, which is, I think that's a good bit. And all uh, the other uh, countries try and fight them immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I'm I'm so happy. That this movie takes the piss out of Americans in a way that it should. Yeah. Because, uh... Wow. We clearly should be the losers of the Beer Olympics. Like, let's be real. Oh, yeah, for sure. The only yeah. the only thing that we're good at after we drink is driving. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, so, like, I, I just... All of these countries that have, like, a real national identity, you know, having a presence in this movie, and then, like, these dipshit American guys that everybody hates being around, great touch. Oh, yeah. A+. plus. Yeah, that's the thing, it's like, we we like to shit on other countries, too. Not just because of xenophobia, but because, like, fuck the British. But for this one, this is making fun of... Fuck Australia. Yeah, this is making fun of... We whipped their asses in World War II. This is a movie that makes fun of Americans in a way that really gets along with, like, what we're going for here. Like, yeah, we are the stupid assholes, and also, we're gonna win this fucking thing. Let's fucking go. So, I was kind of getting hostile vibes when they were going underneath the, uh, the beer tent to go to the Beer Olympics. <laughs> I, uh, so I, I have a confession to make. I, uh, I tried to get my wife to watch this with me just so I could point at the, the dude in the top hat in the tunnels and be like, is that Harry Styles? <laughs> <laughs> Dress wasn't frilly enough. She would have turned off the TV and went to bed, oh, and that's all I wanted. Well, they, that's all I wanted. Yeah, uh, I, I miss you. <laughs> I want to say this about uh, the Beer Olympics. It does kind of look like a lot of fun, even as a spectator. <laughs> like oh, I would have been dude. here if, if, as a spectator, not just for this one, but like the Seattle Karate thing. Those are both like the same sort of level for me. I would have been like first in line. So you know how like all the fucking tech dipshits in San Francisco just like bid exorbitant prices for tickets to Burning Man now. Yeah. Like, I'm outbidding those guys to go to Beer Fest if it's real. Like, they just, like, I don't care how many years of debt I have to go into to do it. Like, this looks like the greatest thing on the planet. Oh, for sure. Parker, do you have anything? Because, like, th- this movie is, like, ostensibly, like, a college kid movie for adults. But, like, in all the good ways and none of the creepy ways. Yeah. Other than that there's a lot of boobies. Yeah, they do. The, they they sort of front load that, and uh, what am I going to come for? <laughs> That's a great scene when they're in yeah. the fucking tent. Everyone's just getting their tops ripped off. <laughs> but but like the tops are getting ripped off by the other women as they fall right, backwards yeah. into crowds of women, which is just like, oh, cool, it's respectful. I did, yeah, I did like the the whole thing where like the the beer goes flying, the beer is suddenly CGI when it's in midair. I love <laughs> more than anything else the scream of that like ye oldie timey strongman hitting like the hammer to the bell thing. His scream is so fucking funny, so high pitched. I'm a sucker for that shit. It's a very like, you know, percussive sort of scream that really punctuates the uh, slapstick. It's similar to how I feel about German Justin Bieber after he gets hit in the face with that keg. Oh. <laughs> he reminded me of the kid who gets uh who gets his sh- the shit kicked out of him constantly and afraid to get fingered. I think that's maybe what they are going for there. But anyway, to the Beer Olympics, uh, the two brothers, uh, third pet boy missing. Uh, they're there to spread their uh, their grandfather's ashes and uh, maybe their father's ashes. I won't pay attention. And uh, his, gran- his grandpa. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you've seen it, so 
and then they meet their cousins, it's believed, uh, the German team. This is all we actually need to talk about. We only need to talk about it was we're here to talk about the German team. Holy fuck! This is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. So they got like so. Uh, it just I, I have to say this first. Right. So you remember a couple weeks ago we did Beast, yeah, and I said that like the best bad guys we've ever had in any movie ever are poachers. Like poachers are more evil than the Nazis. Mm-hmm. These German guys are more evil than the poachers. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> they're well, they're better is what they are. All right, they would be better at poaching because they would do something better. Anyway, like Parker, what you said off mic was like the idea of getting three American comedians and also two Brackuses to uh, <laughs> to <laughs> two Brackai two Brackai to uh, uh, isn't Len the Bracca whatever. Anyway, to field their uh, their their uh, beer team is so fucking funny. And every <laughs> single thing. Go ahead, uh, Alex. Hey Chris, is Black Eye how you said Black Eye when you were in Korea? <laughs> you can cut that. I will consider it. Anyway, uh... <laughs> oh no! Uh, oh, that's gonna fall. Oh, shit. oh shit! Oh god, you fucked up. All right, so oh, we're good. We're good. We got it. We're safe. Some of the line, I, like I said, the only notes I took down is one that everyone's showing guys. So it was that one guy fucking shrills. It was the greatest beer in all the world. <laughs> and now it's only the fourth greatest beer. <laughs> und. <laughs> und. Uh, und Bex? Oh, ja, und Bex. <laughs> I like how half the quotes are just like Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes from Predator. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. What are you waiting for? Just kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Spick and Spackle just getting <laughs> fucking old yeller to the back of the beer Olympics. Like the fact that it's Will Forte, two other comedians, and then two of the largest human beings I've ever seen in my life, all wearing the same matching <laughs> suspenders is such a good stupid thing. fucking later hosen. They both look like Universal Soldiers. Like they don't look like real people. Well, one of yeah. them is literally in Universal Soldiers. Yeah, dude, you know who they look like? They look like Jack Two and Gun Jack. It's right? yes. just who they are. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they challenge them to a game of, I guess, drinking beer and they lose and they have to go back to America. Like, oh, we're going to be back. We're going to kick your asses. So most of the movie is training to drink beer in America. They need to get some friends. Let's talk about their friends. Look, Skip, you know this podcast loves any any scene where you assemble a team. Yeah. But this is... This is better than the King Avengers. Among Kings. This is good, yeah. This is literally... Well, I mean, it's a good thing to go get Landfill first. Yeah, dude, Landfill. <laughs> right off the bat, as soon as you get Landfill, who, uh, for anyone who watched Super Troopers, this was far about... Uh, he's the only one I recognize mainly besides the Indian dude. Uh, he, landfill is the big fat guy of the group who can drink more than everyone else. I have to admit, I was actually impressed by how quickly he was able to chug. Like, I know it was like, yeah, it's not an alcoholic beer, but... I can't drink that fast. I, I don't know how he does that, so I am pretty impressed so, with his fourth stomach. I agree. This was the movie was an inspiration for me and taught me how to chug. Like, that, like all I, right, you I worked at it for years in order like I I'm not saying I'm on this level, yeah. but you know. This is like this movie is like seminal for me as a drinking movie. But also when he's at the, the you're fucking introduced to him at that eating contest, and he's and they ask him, "Hey, man, you know what? How I like? I heard you got fired from the brewery." And he just goes, "Goddamn brewery!" and like throws <laughs> his trophy into the balloon sculpture. It's so fucking funny. That was really fun. Also, like 
this is the simplest <laughs> thing in the world, but we introduce about a hot dog eating contest because, of course, he's he's riffing while eating hot dogs. Here's a good riff. The guy next to him, who's like, the, I guess, a Kobayashi stand-in, he points at, like, the sun behind him, and while the guy's looking away, he steals his hot dogs and eats them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was, like, one of the funniest parts of the movie right there. I was like, why, why haven't I ever thought of something so simple and stupid? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, they get him back. Uh, also, Landfill is a great name. We're going to be hearing a lot of it uh, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and uh, they go to their other friend, uh, who I can only call Josh. That's unfair to Josh. Yeah, Josh I would wouldn't never work call Josh way. Morty Finkelstein to his face. Yeah. <laughs> but that is this character's name, so I can say that. It's not racist. This is the single most Jewish person, I guess, who's ever lived. Actually, this is only like the 47th most Jewish person we've seen in one of the movies we've talked about. Uh, yeah, this guy, he's wearing a, a yarmulke with a Star of David on it during the, the whole movie. <laughs> Until he gets to the Beer Olympics in which he's wearing a USA yarmulke, which is feels like something that Billy Mitchell would do. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Chris, you want to tell us what uh, Morty Finkelstein's job is at the university? Yeah, uh, Morty Finkelstein is a scientist. He's a biologist. So the next person that they go to is the... Yeah, I'm what does he, what does he do in his yeah, science yeah. lab, buddy? I <laughs> can't believe how long it goes on for. He, he jacks off frogs is uh, what it does. This scene lasts it's approximately 90 bit. minutes. <laughs> And uh, a recurring bit of frog masturbation is pretty solid. I have a feeling that this was like one of those scenes that they wrote to kind of mess with that guy, and everyone else would be laughing at him. Yeah, just like do this with a fake frog for like forty-five just, minutes while we shoot the scene. And it wouldn't be nearly as funny if you could hear the ribbit, ribbit, yeah. ribbit, ribbit, <laughs> Get, like, ribbit, slightly ribbit, faster, ribbit, yeah. ribbit, 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 ribbit. The way it speeds up and slows down as he ponders their proposition. Yeah, he's like, you got right until it busts. And he li- <laughs> lighting a cigarette after he mixed a frog cum is really funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next one on here is uh, Jay Chandraskar, the uh, the Indian dude from the, I guess, Broken Lizard, who's also the director. For, uh, for what that's worth, and I think he does a good job directing this. You know, a weird thing about Jay Chandraskar, I really like his voice. I, I really like the the timber it's of his great voice. voice. It just sounds it's a, it's a theater voice. Yeah, exactly. It's really yeah. it's it's a theater voice. Yeah. It really is. It just sounds really good. He plays. Uh, if you listen Barry to Norm, if you listen to Norm Macdonald, he plays the Adam <laughs> of the he jacks off people. Hey Chris, overpasses what? Hey Chris, what? who's Barry Badrinath? Who's Barry Badrinath? Who's Barry Badrinath? Barry Badrinath. Who's Barry Badrinath? Who's Barry Badrinath? Who's Barry? I can't. I gotta stop. Thank you. I liked how it said Barry Badrinath, aka Barry Badrinath, <laughs> and uh, that was that was. I love that later he wears a headband that says Barry on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll forget that later. So I'll just right. Yeah. Exactly. Now. So. Uh, I like the two punks that he had with him who fighting over one of the quarters. <laughs> I guess those are the guys who would beat out uh, uh, Christian Walker for Gayest Men Alive. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, he's going to leave his own joke. It's fine. They pick him up because apparently he's, a, he's like uh, Parker. Remember Daredevil the movie, not the show, where they had a bullseye? He's kind of like that, except he's good at like, throwing quarters into glasses. It's a good bit, honestly. Yeah. So they're like, no, check this out. He's really good at it. He's just pegging quarters at this car. <laughs> and it's it's really funny. It's it's like it's kind of making me like twitch, but it's making me laugh at the same time because if that was my car, I would kill him with a gun. But the fact that it's someone else's car, every single time you hear the plink, boom, 
Like, just bouncing off the hood of its car is really funny to me. So, uh, apparently, it's kind of like... How do I say this so Alex will understand? It's kind of like Peter Griffin when he gets drunk, he can play the piano. Uh, I'll always... Yeah, I'm gonna play the piano, man. <laughs> this is the worst voice I have ever it's heard. It's good. It's like he's with us. Yes. It gets worse on purpose every time, uh, just for you. Oh, it's on purpose, yeah. So, yeah. I just J. want you to know that I could, yeah. but I choose not right, to. Right, exactly. Jay Chandraskar, when he gets drunk, is really good at throwing quarters into glasses. I've never actually played quarters. I don't think I want to. I don't think oh, I'd be quarters good at ones, it. Dude, you should play quarters. I would be bad at it. I'd just lose. i just drink a lot of beer. Yeah, but everyone's bad at it. Yeah. That's why it's fun. Apparently my dad just shit on everyone in his fraternity at quarters. He let me know that several times. I did not carry on the legacy. I'm ass at it. Can you imagine Josh playing quarters? He's just like... <laughs> he's got one of those change no, I belts totally, I totally threw all ten of them I don't know what you're talking about he's got one of those meter made change belts <laughs> oh yeah no I just totally missed the table with six of them they're gone no, now. no dude he's, he's fucking playing with like uh, Korean wand but it's like the really small ones <laughs> it's like oh, people can't tell the difference <laughs> need a fucking coin with like good exchange rate. yeah it's, this Otherwise, is like 15 cents less quarters. Uh, it's just because it gives me a better bounce, dude. What's the He's checking deal? his yeah. phone mid-game. Like, actually, it's depreciated, so you can yeah. have them. <laughs> anyway, they've they've assembled their team, and they go to uh, where the Grizzlebees. I guess is where they work. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would have said shenanigans, but that's fine. Yeah. Well, all right. So they work at uh, Grizzlebees. It's it's it, well, it's, my I mean, it's called shits and giggles. And uh, so. in the back, uh, they have their own setup, and they're like really impressive. Kind of look shitty. And uh, this is where they're going to train on things. And I kind of like that they don't do, like, a Rocky Store-style, like, montage of, like, stuff. They keep it kind of short, you know? Like, what they're doing with their beers and stuff. Well, and they don't get a Rocky montage, but the German team gets yeah, a Rocky Ger- Four montage. Dude, seeing that one guy who's as big as a house, like, on a treadmill while he's got, like, a beer... I don't know what hooked to his face. He's, fucking, he's like lifting a keg yeah, over oh, that's his head. He, was, yeah. he drinks from the nozzle. He, he, like, yeah, that's so one of cool. them. This other guy is like, he's. He, I think he's on a treadmill or he's doing, maybe he's doing squats or something. And he just has like a mask of beer in front of him. And I think he just has to like try to get the oxygen out of the top or something. I don't know it's, what they were trying to communicate there, but it was very funny to look at. Because his eyes are as big as dinner plates during it. <laughs> and, and this scene's incredible because the asshole German guys training are like, at best, the third best thing about the scene. The first, of course, is which the ram walking around in a diaper because they have to drink ram's piss to train as has been established earlier in the movie. And the second is when they murder the messenger that brings them the secret beer that the (laughs) Americans have discovered by sticking all their beer nozzles in it. I like that guy though. I thought he was really funny, and it's and it's marked American Urgent. <laughs> <laughs> he he's like he's very clearly way too German, but also not German enough to be in with the German guys, which is exactly the vibe you want in that scene. I really like it, it's, it's just so it's like oh it's no, don't really shoot the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, oh, that scene God, is I also hate that these scene, German guys so much. That scene also has my favorite line of the movie, which is mostly because of the way it's delivered. Uh, sorry, 100% because of the way it's delivered. They're all like treadmills holding kegs and drinking beers. Jürgen Prochnow, the star of Das Boot and several other great movies, comes in there. And one of the German guys, I think it's the one with the long blonde hair, says, What is it, Grandpapa? <laughs> I was fucking dying when I that heard got it. <laughs> the loudest laugh out of both of us watching it the other night. Grandpapa! <laughs> It's it was a little bit higher. It's like, fuck you, say, Grandpapa. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 
they're so fucking German. Despite, but they're like so fake German. Like if we made a if we made fun of French people the way they make fun of German people in this movie, like somebody would be mad about. Oh yeah, it. for but, like, sure. In in this, you could just fucking do it. Yeah. which owns. Yeah, so That's the sort of thing. Like German people would like immediately drop the ass and be like, "Hey, dude, lay off." All right, I'm sick of this. I mentioned this to Alex as soon as he signed on before we started recording. It's just like, I, I used to think that he hated German accents. Turns out, you gotta set the standard somewhere, man. It's, this is this is where it belongs. This is so good. Yeah, it's fucking rules, dude. I was laughing so hard at every single line that they have. Uh, it's weird that I was laughing more at them than I was at Broken Lizard, but Broken Lizard, like, the, the people in that group, they're not bad. They're actually really, really good, and they've got some good scenes. Some of them go on for a bit. Uh, here's one that, like, I I loved a lot of the beginning, and as it went on, I didn't like it as much. When Jay Chandler's guy, uh, sorry, Barry, uh, gets incredibly drunk Who's and has to wear the asshole-like thing on his head and goes to the bathroom, then looks in the mirror and sees himself as really handsome. The classic guy move. Like, that's, like, one of the most relatable parts of the movie, and you leave the bathroom and suddenly you feel like you're the coolest guy in the world because you peed. Like, it's... It's, I know that feeling, and it's like, wow, that's so relatable. And then he, why do you think we take so many pee breaks? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Besides the fact that it's fun, uh, yeah. Then he goes home with that hot black chick. All oh, right, great, I've done that before. And uh, then it just kind of keeps on going. And I was like, is this part of the story? What are we doing here? Uh, All right, look. First, first and foremost, they make him eat a whole tomato, tomato in the asshole game. Oh yeah, and which what, is, uh, with one bite. incredibly yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Second of all, there's actually not a second of all. You're not totally wrong about this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, second of all, this movie's almost two hours. You can cut that scene. No one's mad. Yeah, uh, I get where they were going with it. Like, I it was a funny joke. Yeah. Like the joke works. Yeah, it's, but like it was just a I don't know, kind of long, I guess. Uh, was that supposed to be the same girl that was working with uh, Cloris Leachman? <laughs> yeah. The, all right, good. I'm yeah, glad I picked up on that. that. Good. Uh, cut that. I knew God they were the same. I, I didn't. I wasn't. Yeah, it's not don't like you I was saying, don't don't cut it. No, don't no, don't cut, cut it, Josh. Cutting too. It, cutting it. Like because I was not because I have to. If cut. you cut this, it's another two losses. You know, a lot of the funny asides in this movie, I I liked quite a bit, but I guess I didn't like him enough to like write them down, or I didn't know that they would uh, work in here. They have some funny, you know, witty repose to uh, what the Germans say. I do like that one of the Brackuses says, uh, or Brackai or Bracka says, uh, it's time to shizer, get off the crapper. And uh, I was like, oh, we got our shizer reference I, for uh, for Alex. I, I love I love that in, I don't know how much of the credits you watch, Chris. I, but, I actually uh, watch all of them. So, so you know that they're all bloopers. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, like, half of them are bloopers for that scene. Yeah. I, I can tell he had trouble <laughs> Which, uh, with that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard. One. So that scene, by the way, that comes around where uh, they're training and they're training and they're training. And, by the way, they... They find inside Popo uh, the secret beer <laughs> recipe, which, by the way, that Popo scene with fucking landfill holding him up and like touching. <laughs> when, when, when he reaches the arm to grab his nipples, and they're like the perfect length. It's like fuck. How how like how much effort did you spend designing this fucking puppet? Dude, that was so like, fucking funny. I Popo was so my favorite good. character in the movie. I, I don't know, it's, you know. I. Uh, Especially because they're like, hey, check out the stupid doll could be our mascot. He starts like, you know, butt fucking it. Kind of like, which which is like, that's like not much of a joke. I, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Ha ha. The funny one was like, what the the Jewish one was just like, yeah, give it a rim job. <laughs> <laughs> which has, a, has really powerful, I'll grab his ass. 
<laughs> I'll grab his ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so like they, they find the secret beer recipe and they make the beer and it's like really good. And those those aside jokes are really good. It's like I want to put my dick in it. I want it to put its dick in me. It's like those are really funny. But anyway, so that's what makes the Germans come back. But it's also what makes one of them say, "It's Grandpapa." <laughs> so they face off. Wait, I can, can I get this joke? Out? Uh, yeah, they're course. they're facing off against these guys like in the bar, and then the, they're gonna go home or whatever, because they're gonna offer them like five hundred thousand dollars for the uh, the secret recipe, and the the German guys are leaving, and the one with the high voice says, "I almost forgot to send money." <laughs> because before, like, <laughs> look, the only reason I was gonna interrupt you was to talk about the entrance of the German guys into America, which is of course in a U-boat that services in a lake in the middle of the mountains. Yes. <laughs> like them looking up a periscope so is funny. really funny. I am so happy that Jurgen Prock now has no pride. <laughs> I mean, there's so many small bits like after they get blackout drunk and they're all waking up when uh Barry Bennett just wakes up nude next to a dead deer like a fucking werewolf. <laughs> That was that was the Not reference again. to an American oh, no. Werewolf in London, which is a if you're gonna reference one, you might as well reference a good one. So And then of course the five seat bike. Which makes <laughs> a dramatic bike. return later as he tries to ride off on his own, <laughs> sadly. That I'm so glad they went with that one. Which here's another one that maybe it's a delivery joke here. When Landfill is lying in front of the uh the the open fridge and his wife, who's way too hot for him, thinks he's dying. And uh, I guess she gives him mouth to mouth, and she's like, "Oh, what's it smell?" And the way he just says, "Ham," <laughs> 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 kind of made me want some ham. Dude, his fucking facial expressions this whole movie. Anytime he starts like hooting and hollering, yeah, the intensity in Landfill's face. Oh my god, what a great actor! Yeah, he yeah, he's so much fucking fun. <laughs> oh, I liked it quite a bit, but uh, every once in a while things go wrong. Let's get to the death of Landfill. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so Landfill's wife dumps him uh, because she's sick of the lies and all the beer drinking. Then he goes into the back and... Uh, what was her name? Cherry? Candy? Or something like the The black... Cherry. Cherry. It's cherry. Yeah. Not even close, sorry. <laughs> cherry uh, kills him by dumping him into a, a beer vat. And he almost... Uh, okay, okay. You're, you're burying the lead here. They have... An extensive knife slash kung fu fight in the brewery, where there there are just multiple you know like people jumping up from their back, and of course they're both you know yeah. like very obese. Yeah. So it it's like the the whole thing's a great visual comedy bit on the same level as like when the puppets fight in Team America. <laughs> um, and then he gets thrown into the beer vat, and she's like, ha ha ha, the yeast, you know, it's gonna make you sink. It's like quicksand. So we get to see, like, what his plan is as he's drowning in a vat of beer. Which, of course, first, you know, try to puncture a hole, as anyone would do. And then, in landfill fashion, to try to drink his way out. The first time I saw it, I thought he was going to make it. Me too. Oh, That's 100%. what I thought. Yeah. But then we wouldn't get landfill two. Should well, we get there now? We'll or? get there. Now that I've we'll seen this there. movie a couple of times... This is in my Mount Rushmore of like all time comedy movie bits. It's so good. It yeah. is everything about the character of Landfill too. <laughs> Makes me so happy. Be- before it's we get right to- up there with that scene in Popstar where he does the Ace Ventura at the Anne Frank house. <laughs> 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 Those two are neck and neck for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so before we get there, we should talk about Landfill's funeral. <laughs> if I Same die and either one of you starts, Cold opens by the, the eulogy with, Chris liked to eat a lot. <laughs> he oh. was plum surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the stupidest jokes I've ever seen in a movie, but it fucking kills in this movie. Yeah, that's, that one... <laughs> Look, we have often said that we don't do comedy movies on this show because it just ends up with us repeating jokes. However, in this case, us repeating jokes to each other is making us laugh a second time. <laughs> right, yeah. So fuck all y'all watch this movie. Yeah, this is it's actually pretty good. Uh anyway, this does lead to they're like, no, we should get the band back. We can do this. Come on, let's get there. And then a mysterious stranger enters the room wearing a cowboy hat. Uh his name is Gil. <laughs> can I can I just say that Landfill's body falling on Barry is an incredibly funny bit. Barry just screaming as no one else. <laughs> just screaming for five seconds and then scene transition yeah. to the wake. Like, it's so good. Yeah. So Gil enters, and uh, he looks similar to Landfill in a variety of ways. And uh, he only has one request to join their team. To call him Landfill. So for the rest of this podcast, I will not call him Gil. I'm going to call him Landfill. But to make things easier on you guys, maybe I could call him Landfill too. It's the whole thing where he walks in and goes like, Hey, you know, like he told me all about you guys. There's going to be no awkward getting to know each other stage in this. (laughs) And also call me by his name. And then (laughs) the next scene is just... Him banging Landfill's wife. <laughs> Landfill's Landfill One's wife, who, which leads to perhaps the best line in the movie. Oh, Landfill One, you're, or Landfill Two, you're twice a man that Landfill One ever was. And she, this is what punctuates, this is what makes it so good. She takes out the picture of Landfill One and pulls out a, in the drawer a picture of Landfill Two with the cowboy hat going. <laughs> I want that picture by my bedside right now. <laughs> I would hang that in my house. Like Referring to her yeah, dead yeah. husband as Landfill One. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had forgotten the fact that it's literally at the funeral. He's just like, hey guys, don't worry. <laughs> I'll be your friend now. I'll compete with you. You can just call me by his name. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good because Farb is the best performer out of all of them, I guess. He really is. Yeah. My pick, anyway. I don't know. Debate me on it. But, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, let's get souped up and go for them. Uh, and they go to the Beer Olympics, and uh, they lose and then they win. I don't, I don't have a lot of jokes here. Oh, buddy, I could talk about the scene for an hour. All right, let's uh, maybe less than that. We don't have to. Okay, thank but... you. Uh, look, I, I like the, the Beer Olympics. I, I didn't have a tremendous amount of jokes. Parker, did you have anything you liked from the uh, climax of this movie? Um... No, that's kind of my issue. Is like, it's it's a nearly two hour long yeah. comedy, so at this point, I'm like, all right, we're finally at the thing. It's like, but but a whole movie's happened. Like, I'm yeah, we can start wrapping this up now. Yeah, my thing is like, if you were to cut anything, I probably cut the Cloris Leachman things. Besides one joke that I really liked, uh, she makes a joke that she's going to take a Vina uh, Schnitzel to bed with her, and she's going to put it up her pussy. And uh, they're leaving, and, and Jay Tragic makes a, a good joke in which he says, uh, 
you know what? I, I have the sinking suspicion that those rumors of her being a horror were correct. And uh, to which a guy says, hey, say what you will, but uh, Germans have been, war- have been warming Wienerschnitzel that way for a long time. To which Landfill says, would you say it's their oldest profession? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's that's a good one. That's, that's a good yeah, joke. That was it's worth really it joke. just to get there. But all the other clearly, I just didn't didn't really work for no, me. No, y- you're correct. Yeah. But also, like, I love everything about the Beer Olympics. Yeah. I could have watched like the whole movie could have been that. Yeah. Like, I would have been if if you give me like a end of part one title card when they fucking go through the door after they they get the guy drunk on liquor mm-hmm. in like half a second after he drinks fifty beers uh, to lead them into the the, the Beer Olympics, like. Yeah, I could have done a whole movie of this. Yeah. Like, I, I I want more time with the British guys that I can't understand and the Swedish ladies whose good. entire strategy seems to be to show their boobies. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's all great. Yeah. I, just give me more. I love competition. It does remind uh, me of the, uh, of, I think, was it a joke at the beginning? of the? I think it was a joke at the beginning of the movie where it's just like, oh, you think you can, dr- you think we're good at drinking beer? Oh, uh, yeah, we just beat the Irish, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I yeah. love the gag where they win in round one and it's just an abrupt cut to them at the urinal trough yeah. for like 45 <laughs> yeah. seconds uninterrupted. I also, I, it's it's like cheap, lame, stupid joke, but pulling the last guy away, he's like, no, I'm still going! <laughs> I, it's, the, I, I think that, you know, of all of the, th- the times that you guys heard me quote this movie, the one that I've quoted the most is, uh, you know when they're they're challenging the German guys to the rematch with the five boots, and uh, the 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 this where they're acting drunk to get the bet, and they go, "Well, actually, we're not that drunk." And the British guy goes, "They're not that drunk, <laughs> cheeky bastards." Oh, that's good. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of times in my life that I have said that to somebody has to be in the hundreds, and the amount of times that somebody heard that and got it. It's like twice, yeah. and that's fine. All right, that's, that's fine. That's all I'm I need. gonna keep that in mind. That's, that's actually pretty good. I'm it's, gonna have to use that actually. It's, it's every every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like cheeky bastard. So the climax for me, I think, what it is for me that I I, I didn't dislike it obviously because like, what's to dislike? There's nothing like bad about it. I yeah. think the a bit of a weakness here is part of it is the length, like Parker, but also I feel like it doesn't yeah. quite keep up the energy as other parts of the movie. Which is weird to say because it's a very high energy scene, but it doesn't feel like it keeps up maybe like the comedy energy that's going here. But I will say this in defense of it, it reminds me of those karate tournament movies we've seen. If we had had this crowd for those karate movies, I mean, that's like the best of both worlds. I just love this idea of a bunch of Germans going, yeah, 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 as guys are like drinking <laughs> beer. <laughs> it was, it was a very and, and, funny visual for me like that. It's like more German people with the stupid German accents. That's what I'm looking for. And you're not wrong. I could have watched the whole movie. Yeah. I think the reason that this all works for me is because this is like probably the most effective parody of a sports movie that we've had mm-hmm. um and I, I love sports movies like like i i am a sucker for everything in the third act of this movie just just like i'm not you know watching them get to the beer olympics at the 80 minute mark and going like oh man i can't believe there's gonna be 45 minutes more of this movie like give me all of that i love that shit which helps it for me but uh I think it's, like, such an effective job of, like, 
simultaneously making fun of sports movies while being a sports movie that I just like appreciate it so much because it's like yeah of course you fucking want the Americans to beat these asshole Germans like why wouldn't you like how could you watch this and ever root for the Germans like they're the shittiest human beings that that have ever been created that being said in Beer Fest 2 I want to see that German team okay 100%. No, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me a prequel about those guys. I feel oh like this, the, the German team was like a shot at Cool Runnings, in which case, shot landed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, overall, I think Beer Fest is a good movie, and certainly better than Super Troopers. I, I feel like maybe it's like, oh, you know, why compare them? It's the same people made them, and they're both comedies. And was, yeah. And people seem to like Super Troopers more, which is weird. I, there's certain parts of Super Troopers that I guess I liked more. I I really like the shenanigans bit. I think that was very very <laughs> really good. That, it, that sticks with me so clearly. The other one is with Farva covered in I guess like donut powder. It says it's delicious. <laughs> Just the close up on his face, his fucking lips, and everything. Yeah, now think about it. All the best super trooper bits are Farva yeah. slash landfill. Was it was it the the Farva was where they throw a fucking glass at him? <laughs> that, <laughs> It's <laughs> one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. But everything else just doesn't quite work, I guess. And I I understand what they're trying to do, but I remember the first time I watched it was with my ex back in 2014 when I was overseas. And we were, at the end of the movie, we were just like, Jim Gaffigan, who's that? We were like, oh, it's the only guy we liked. <laughs> so uh, we ended up looking up Jim Gaffigan bits. We found the Hot Pocket thing we laughed about it. God, yeah, what a time capsule! Yeah, well, that's that's how long ago it was. Yeah, yeah I guess I don't know that movie that. made Jim Gaffigan or whatever, but you know, uh, you know, what? I I do like this movie. I uh, I think it is good. I I do think it is better than Super Troopers. I I would because I would recommend Beer Fest. And Super Troopers doesn't. I don't really give that a recommendation. I think you can look up the best scenes on YouTube. And you can't do that with this yeah. one. This one, yeah, this one I, I deserves context for the jokes. I don't ever need to watch Super Troopers again. Yeah, honestly. I'm gonna like. I'm sure I will at some point. I'll, I'll do the Yellow Cyclone. I'll rewatch and I'll just cut all the Farber scenes together and uh, upload it. I like. I, this is one of my I don't know five favorite comedies ever. So like, this movie is deeply important to me. But uh, also I saw this at like the perfect age. Yeah. Like every every bit fucking killed, and then like we watched it again like two weeks later, and like every bit that I missed also fucking. See, killed. that's one of the nice things about it is because it has the depth to be like, here's a maybe like a sort of a subtle joke that you missed because you were laughing at like the really obvious yeah. like toilet humor and stuff. And I think when a comedy does that, that it takes itself seriously. That a we're going to throw in extra jokes, and b they're going to make sense in the context of the movie. That's a good sign because the people care. And I've said it a lot. If I can see that someone cared about this, I'm going to be a lot kinder to it. But I will say, as much as I enjoyed it, you couldn't fucking pay me to watch Potfest. That sounds like a disaster. <laughs> I hope they never make that. A lot. Apparently, the fans really want to see Potfest, and uh, count me out on that one too. I am I cannot. Really as someone who smokes you know, a lot, I cannot deal with weed it, humor. It's fine. Only takes two. Yeah, weed humor in the mid 2000s when this came out. Different story. Now it now it would suck. But, well, you know, you, the pot fest was just midsummer, right? Wasn't that the impetus for them going overseas <laughs> with the ugly guy? Oh, my brain is doing a lot of sorcery right now. When do you get to the game of games? Or let's we're not do the game of bed? games. Yeah, we're this right gonna end real bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs>
as Chris and Parker demanded, uh, you know, on the show, every, every it demanded pounding um, our fists on the table. Let that's me right. in. I, they'll hear it. They know. Um, uh, they wanted a sixth round for the game of games last week because it would be funny with all the bad games. And I said the only way we can do a sixth round is if you know you get the double the double winner bonus, but also the double loser penalties. And uh, unfortunately for our good friend Chris. He took the commanders with the uh, 4x win or loss. We'll make multiplier. it very clear that this was entirely for comedy. And uh... well, I mean, I mean, nobody expects that you thought they were going to win. Right. But also, if they won, that's like literally a free assignment yeah. by itself. Yeah. Like four wins is an assignment. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Five. it's a spin, yeah. but you know, close yeah. enough. Yeah. Um. So you guys kind of put me in a spot with this, where I had to figure out uh what the fuck to do with the idea of having an even number of weeks. And uh, what I decided to do was to take the winning percentage required for either a good outcome or a bad outcome and just, like, you know, multiply it through. Mm -hmm. So since Chris's teams went 3-7, and seven, he does have to spin the wheel this week because um, that is below the, uh, the winning percentage of going 2-3, and three, which is the uh, safe number, if you will. Um, I think that's only fair given that otherwise losses literally just mean nothing yeah uh uh but like as a quick summation of like who has what right now i had a huge 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 week this week so uh um my teams went five and one but also i got double points from the vikings chiefs and cowboys God damn which uh i look it had to happen eventually but uh so i'll be picking last this week Chris's teams were a fucking dumpster fire, so he'll pick first. And Parker, you uh, you had some luck, and then my Ravens let you down. So uh, uh, you just you just chill in the middle while we spin the wheel for Chris. Chris, you ready? To to what to spin the wheel or to pick first? Just to spin the wheel. Okay. Well, let me. All right. Uh, in three, two, one, go. Oh boy, free space. Free space means oh, that I is can, a free space. I can pick a movie for myself, right? Uh, if you want, or you can just watch nothing. That's fine too. Oh, I, or it's I can free. watch nothing. Yeah. Boy, did I get lucky with my incredibly stupid decision. <laughs> boy, it sure uh, it sure would be great if we were done with the wheel. Is what I would say if Parker wasn't about to spin the wheel for the first time this season. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Hey, let's, so let's it's got to happen eventually, right? Yeah, fair enough. Look, look, Chris assigned me a good movie. So, yeah, uh, see? Uh, there know. is mercy. All right. All right. Yeah, Parker, this one's for you. Right, let's see it. Buddy. Yeah, three, two, one, go. Oh, my God. It was oh, so close. Oh, white guy <laughs> playing another race. Oh, boy. Uh, you... you don't worry, you have plenty of options for this. Space. And you have an expert. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> In your own brain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will do some research. Uh, if, if you want one, I've got a movie where Val Kilmer plays a Native American that uh, I have had teed up for myself for whenever I hit this. Yeah, but, uh, go and chamber that one for me. Alright, yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, Chris, you have first pick for week five of the game of Kansas games. City. And let you want Kansas, Kansas City? City? I don't. Who are they playing? To, I know who they're playing. 
I'm looking. Oh, okay, Kansas City. China. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ooh, yeah, well, yeah. That's not a bad pick. Yeah. All right. So, Chiefs. Parker, you are up. Bills. That's who I would have taken if they were there. All right. Let's see my two here. Well, I'm just going to take Green Bay right now. Oh, so I have the Packers every week. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, come, oh, come yeah. on. Oh, um. <laughs> Uh, man, there's so many good picks this week. Yeah, <laughs> what dude. the fuck is this? All right, give me the Buccaneers. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, <laughs> they're all dude. good choices. Yeah. 49ers, poor favor. Against my Panthers. At, oh, against the, the Baker show? Yeah, I, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, Am I up? Yeah. And I got two. For two. Yeah, right. I'll yeah. take uh, Minnesota. As you should. Yeah, it feels kind of obvious. And uh, th- this one is probably going to be more interesting. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Philadelphia. Yeah, who are they playing? Arizona. Uh, at Arizona? Yeah. Bird battle? Yeah, bird. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Parker, you're up. Uh, obviously, the number one offense in the league, my Lions. Uh, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> I would have done it if you didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to take the Jaguars for sure. And, uh, all right, now it gets hard. Yeah, now we're getting a little spicy here. Uh, mm-hmm. Give me the Dolphins. I'll take the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Florida Man Parlay in play this week for me. All of them. Give me my Hawks. The the Seahawks? Yes, sir. Fuck it. Why not? Those Seahawks? Sure. Hey, I didn't watch a second of that game. I don't fucking know. You know what I don't know is how did they beat the Lions? Uh, No, I was was kidding. I was doing the... A lot of points, buddy. Well, I was doing the I was doing the Bruce Irvin I thing know, where I he uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, nice guy. Um, my turn. Hey, hang on, let me see what's up. Yeah, here. for two, me, you get two. Ooh, me... Give me. Take your pats, dude. You know you want okay, to. Okay, I'll take them. Yeah. You want them first or second? Because the second one gets the double. Second gets the double. Well, I mean, it's second's the fifth round. Oh. So, yeah, I guess the double. Uh, I thought it was the fourth round. The, so, you have your fourth and your fifth picks coming up. So, do you want the Pats first, so you, where they don't get the double, or do you want them second, where they get the double? Uh, hmm. Give the Pats... I'm trying to help you. Yeah, yeah, I know, I got you. Uh, give, give me the Pats with the double, and uh, give me the... Oh. Dolphins were taking shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was what I was going to do. Give me uh, the fucking... Were the Ravens taken? No. Oh, then give me the Ravens. All right. All right, Parker. Oh. One for your double. Chargers, please. Chargers. They weren't already taken? <clears throat> Damn. Chargers are available. That's... And I will take... <clears throat> surprise. I will take the Tennessee Titans. Were the Titans... All right. I'm not fucking touching that Cowboys ring. They're at oh, Washington. Fuck! I didn't even look. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to go one more route? No. 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 There's no clown ball this Correct. week. Correct. That's the only reason I did it. I thought it would be funny. 
Parker, what are your thoughts? No, I don't want to touch yeah. Cowboys Rams in the other games. I don't give a shit. Good. But also, yeah. what if we do? <laughs> How can I hurt Chris? Make him pick the Jets. <laughs> you can take you can take Jameis, dude. It's fine. You pick the Thursday. Oh game. fuck, that's a good. Yeah. What if I just double down Saints Seahawks? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good bit. Yeah. I can't believe that's a game. Yeah, it sucks, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are we doing next week? Very good question. Yeah. Nothing's coming out, right? Lila Crocodile. Uh, oh, well, yeah, in that case. Gator. Gator. <laughs> Let's see. Wrong watch list list. Come here. Let me see here. What kind of movie are we feeling? Do we want to stick with something, you know, it's October? Do we want some dog shit horror movie? I could do dog shit karate. I'm thinking white guy karate. I keep mentioning it, and I'm like, I should probably do that. I I I will never say no to white guy karate ever. Because I was looking at some of the horrors, like I don't think we made Alex watch Maniac Cop, and I feel like oh Maniac Cop is feel like Alex would really like Maniac Cop. Never mind. I think we should do Maniac Cop. That one's a good one. Like all all of them are one. Just just the TBD. I'm gonna watch I, I, yeah. I, I've had that torrent pack on my computer for like four years. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. All right. All right. Join us next time for Maniac Cop. Two and a half oh, hours. My goodness. Wow. Oh, come Which on. Also, ah. Okay. Okay. Oh, you mean this episode? Never. I thought you meant the. the oh, no. 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 Sir. That's impossible. What kind of money do you think they have to set on Maniac Cop? I am. I you guys scared me. Yeah, for a minute. it's fine. Oh, sorry, no, the episode is, which is also oh, yeah. Cool. I just casually recommended a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. You guys know me. That sounds like something Parker would do. And that's the tea, sis.